1: Father, this morning, what a blessed privilege it is to be here together as your body, as your church. Thank you for this conference. Amplify your ministry conference. Thank you for what you are going to use it to do, not in just our lives, not just in my lives, but in the life of everyone represented here and every church represented here. I pray that these three days, just as Jesus died and rose on the third day, that on the day he died, it was significant. The day after was the most significant. And then the day after after was the most significant because he rose again on the third day. I pray that you take us on this journey. Day one, day two. And finish with us. Like you said, it is finished on the cross when you die. With our lives, with our ministries, and everything concerning our lives. I give you praise. I thank you for every minister, every man of God, every woman of God, every ministry represented here. I thank you for their lives. And I know you brought everybody here for a reason. Let your will be done in our lives. Let us not leave this conference the same as we came. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And somebody said Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. And you may please be seated. Hallelujah. God bless you. I hope you can hear me at the back. Um, I didn't bring the rain. If you had asked me, I would say, no, I don't want rain. Because pagas and rain don't work. Pagas and rain don't work together very well. And so we thank you for the rain. Some people are asking for rain, and they can't get rain. And so you're very, very welcome to uh, this conference The first of its kind right here, in number two (laughs) polder. Hallelujah. How many of you are, it's your first time coming to this part of the world? Not the country, but the world. Your first time coming to this side? Okay, it's quite a a good number of people. Welcome to uh, uh, America. This is America. (laughs) Wonderful. I had a visitor. Um, the Ghana. I'm from Ghana, by the way. I was born in Ghana, I raised there a bit, and migrated. Um, the Ghana Ambassador to Brazil was here last week with the President of Ghana for the Energy and Gas Conference, and so the uh, Ambassador paid us a visit here to see what's going on because she, you know, she's she knows us very well in Ghana, and um, the driver who brought him here from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Uh, was 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 here for the first time if i when i gave him the direction he said please can you wait for me at stanley town so that i drive with you here you know many people don't know this side all right but we are here we'll be here for about two years now we moved here in 2020 january in the pandemic because i didn't want to stop church and i know back here no policeman coming at the back here (laughs) <laughs> so we moved here in 2020 as we are still building, as you can see, and all of that, and we are here by the grace of God. Um, I thank God for your life. One thing I will tell you, one thing I will tell you is that the Lord spoke to me about this conference. I am a very private guy. I'm a quiet guy. I'm sure many of you have probably even seen me for the first time today, but I've been living here for 17 years. Yeah, I've been living here for 17 years and um, I'm not new to Guyana, as much as my my twang is a little different, I'm not new to Guyana. I know a bit of the politics here, I know a bit of the segregation and racial discrimination, I know a bit of business here, I know a bit of sports even though I don't like cricket, I know a bit of uh, what, a lot of church things also and uh, many, many, uh, many things. And so God spoke to me about this conference, just as he spoke to me about the Give Thyself Holy um, Association of Pastors, and which we started also during the pandemic. And so I know if you are here, you are in the will of God. Yeah. If you are here, you are in the will of God. And so be rest assured that you are doing the right thing because for 17 years, what I have been doing is that when it's a holiday, I come away with my leaders and pastors. Hardly will you see us enjoying the holiday? There's no holiday that is nice in Guyana, but Christmas and Easter. I said that all the all the holidays are not important. The most important holiday is Christmas. Which many of you don't even have time to go to church. And Easter. All the other holidays, to me, don't make sense. And for me, the spiritual climate makes it more important to go away when it's a holiday. Especially when it's a Hindu holiday and a Muslim holiday. Because in those holidays, a lot of spiritual things happen that many Christians are are blind about. So I prefer to not sit in the house with my wife and children, they see me every day. I rather bring the church family somewhere and engage the Lord. And so it is not a miracle that we are starting a conference on a day like this. It's also a day where you don't have to ask your boss for a time off. It's just tomorrow and Friday, but now when you cough, they say stay home. So. I didn't say anything. (laughs) You're sneezing. They say stay home. So I don't think it should be difficult to um, take Thursday and Friday to come for this very conference. One thing I want to tell you also in my introduction is that just us, just us, many great things happen in private. How I many agree that many great things happen in private? Yeah, You made your children in private. Yeah. Shiniza came in private. The, the, door were lo- the door was locked, the lights were off. I don't know anybody here who made their children outside the house, in the yard. If there are some wives, you can't even touch them outside the house. We say people watching. So you have to go into the house, then go into the bedroom, and then lock the door, and then turn off the lights. That's how children are made. And so the same thing happened very quietly in Jerusalem when the angel Gabriel went to speak to a young girl called Mary and spoke to her about something that was going to affect the whole world. It was very, very private, very, very, very small that is why the Bible says do not despise small beginnings Paul told Timothy don't let anybody despise you because you are young great things happen small and in private Jesus said pray when you are fasting don't come around let people see you do that in your house locked up and your, your father who is in heaven who sees in the secret will hold you openly hardly did we know that that young lady who had never had any intercourse before was pregnant with somebody who was going to affect you and i 2022 years later it happened very privately so a lot of noise is not even god's plan you can ask joseph he will tell you when he had a dream And he went to tell his brothers and his father and mother about it. That is the beginning of his persecution. And so I have kind of lived here with a quiet life. It's now that I am more open because God said I should do that. Otherwise, I'll be quiet until I am dead. But as you came here, almost in the middle of nowhere, you see that maybe we are doing something. Uh, maybe we we'll are doing something little, huh? But something secret, something private and quiet is happening in number 2, poda. It's not in Georgetown. It's not in Freedom Hope. It's not anywhere that people will see, but something is happening. I, I, I can testify that something is happening. <laughs> Hallelujah! And so when the wise men came to see Mary in the manger, the Bible says that when they came with frankincense and myrrh and gold, Mary was so surprised that she kept everything in her heart because who told these people that she was giving birth in a stable? Great things happen in private, and so I teach my church not to pay attention to a lot of noise. A lot of people, with a lot of noise, don't have anything. A lot of people make noise; they don't have anything. Outward impressions doesn't say much. Jesus said that wisdom is justified by its children. Your fruits will show who you are. It's not your talk. It's not your face on Facebook. It's not the social media accounts and followers you have. It's not your popularity. It is what you have. And so, I am not saying, listen to me, but Jesus said, no, He said, look at the things I do. When Nicodemus went to see Jesus in John chapter 3, he said, nobody does these things that thou doest. Not, not, not that you are so popular and so I came to see you. Nicodemus jumped up the verse, He said, "Nobody does the things that you do, because it is the things you do that actually determines what you have." And so, welcome to the Amplify Your Ministry Conference. Hallelujah! That maybe you are from the West Coast, or you are from the East Bank. And the people don't know you, but you are doing something great in that area. You don't have to be known on, uh, uh, what, AJ, AJ or TV or MCN or China, or whatever, but where you are on the east bank, on the east coast of the Mara, or on the east bank of the uh, Ezekiel River, but you are doing something great that only eyes can see. And your works definitely will speak about you. You don't have to talk. Your works will speak for you. Hallelujah. And so, this is a very quiet place, almost in the middle of nowhere. But I can prophesy to you that God is doing something in this conference where you are concerned. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So, welcome to the journey for three days. And um, I really advise you to be part of every day. Because... Um, This is a conference that is a little different. It's a lot of preaching. All-day preaching. And many people are not used to all-day preaching. They are used to two hours preaching or two hours service on a Sunday morning until the next Sunday. That's why our church members are not better. Because the Word does not... We don't allow them to be exposed to the Word of God. Solomon said it is those that tarry at the wine. Those are the ones who get drunk. You want to get drunk? You have to stay in the beer garden or pub for a while. You want to be anointed? You want to experience the power of God? You have to be seated in the church for a long time. (laughs) Those 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour, it doesn't do anything. You need to be in the presence. That's why Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. The presence has an ability to change your life the longer you stay in the presence. And so, and all that I'm saying is in the Bible. There's nothing that I'm saying that is because of my color or my my, my accent or whatever. I will give you the things in the Bible as I'm talking about it. Solomon said it. You want to get drunk, it's not just one bottle for five minutes. If you wash to the beer, beer bar or the pub and you take a, a stack, one bottle, and then you walk out. You will not get drunk, bottle, you will not get drunk. But those who get drunk are those who sit at the counter. And they're calling for bottles, they're calling for bottles, they're calling for bottles. Don't even realize that this is their third case, the last bottle in the third case of beer. By the time they get down from the bar chair, you see that they are are staggering like that. And that's a sign that the guy has been drinking a lot. Until you show signs of the presence of the Lord, don't leave here. I said, until you show the presence, the sign of the presence of the Lord, do not leave his presence. And so it's going to be a, a lot of sitting a lot of sitting, a lot of preaching, a lot of... That, that's what the conference is about. We will sing, we we'll won't... Well, one time, we will... Um, we will but it's a lot of preaching. I can preach from now till tomorrow morning. If only you can sit down from now till tomorrow morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And of course, tonight we have um, some ministers from the Give Yourself the Association who will be sharing some things with us also in the evening session. Are you excited about that? wonderful so tomorrow night as well and then friday uh, Friday night I, I, i will end it up with oil is there anybody here called yvonne yvonne or yvette yvonne or yvette anybody here like that yvonne or yvette yvonne anybody what about steve anybody here called steve Not Steve from Pearl, but Steve. So Steve and Yvonne, or Yvette. It's very important that I I get to know um, Yvette or Yvonne and Steve. Hallelujah. All right. Now, Matthew chapter 9. So the theme of the conference is Amplify Your Ministry. That's the theme, and that's what I'm going to um, preach on and preach about. Amplify your ministry. Let me go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start from there. I promise you, I didn't ask for rain. <laughs> Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 7. You can start from verse 7. New Living Translation, if you will. Can you hear me at the back? Oh, can you hear me very well? You know my voice, so maybe you can hear me. I hope everybody hears me at the back. I don't have to shout. Okay. So the Bible says that, however... He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is, that is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. You have a gift. He gave gifts to his people. The next verse says, notice that it says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens. So that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors. And teachers. The next verse, verse twelve. I'll come back to eleven just now. Their responsibility. Somebody say responsibility. Their responsibility. If you are a past, if you are an apostle, if you are a prophet, if you are a teacher, if you are a pastor, or you are an evangelist. Your and my responsibility is to equip God's people. not talk too much, to equip God's people to do His work. Right here, I can tell you that many of you, you are at fault. You go to jail for the rest of your life. Just by this scripture. The Bible says, give me 11 and 12, the Bible says that He gave the church, God Jesus gave the world these fivefold ministers for a particular reason remember Jesus said I'm the vine and you are the branches he that remains in me and I in him he will bear much fruit for without me you can do nothing John chapter 15 the scripture says that any branch that does not bear fruit he cuts he cuts it down and he burns it in fire And so, to see here that these gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, their responsibility. You see, I like to talk a bit about politics and racial things because the politics in Guyana is very fantastic and the race in Guyana is also very fantastic. And I say in the church that black people are more racial than Indians. <laughs> all right, I call me just now. I call me just now. They responsibility. When you cross the Merah Harbour Bridge, which is outdated, and we don't need a replacement, we need about three under the Merah River, not one. We need three. Yeah, with all the oil money, we must have three. One if we hope to start broke, we can keep one there and take one to Potencia. Or so whichever one you want to choose You want to use then you use it Not one Now When you cross For those of you who cross the Damara Harbour Bridge When you are coming When you cross You see a big banner Right A few years ago I went to Ministry of Public Works I think it was with St. Benden To plant my signboard Church signboard there he said it's 20,000 every month. I said, thank you very much. Then I saw ba- um, banners and signboards there for a while. And then when we, we got this latest president, they removed everything but something of the government or of the president. Road sites are places where you can put any signboard, it, sh- it shouldn't be hijacked by anybody. The land is for all of us. Is the land not for all of us? but I'm talking about responsibility. You see a Ministry of Education, big signboard with Priya, Minister Priya Manik Chand and a few other dignitaries with students. And then they say that Cape CAPE has been brought to region three. And with that, they are honoring a promise. Do you get it? It's a very nice promise. But to me, we don't need a signboard because it is the responsibility of the government. You see, it is how many years after independence? Over 50 years after independence, we don't have Cape outside Georgetown. If you are in a secret you, you want to go to university, you have to move to town. If you are in Letham, Latham, they don't even do CPC. They don't give full teacher trainings in, in Letter. Now, if you take C.P.C. to let them, don't tell me that, don't put the signboard and, 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 and say that you have done something. It is your responsibility. Are you listening to me this morning? And so, and, and there are a lot of things I can say. And so, the responsibility of me and you is that we must equip. And ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you, I've been around for a while, I have an opinion i've been through a lot of churches many churches i've been through the apostle Colin someone is here from a you know wonderful man of god he's hosted me a couple of times he's the first pastor to take me to the pomeroon river to preach right there he's right there. apostle god bless you and thank you for coming you know i have been to many churches it is sad that when you go to a church and you say you know what let's meet the leaders and let's have a, a leadership meeting You hardly find leaders in churches. You hardly find leaders in churches. And I always get amazed that we have people leading churches, running churches, and they don't have leaders. What is missing is that we have been irresponsible in equipping the saints and raising leaders in our churches. We have been irresponsible, that's what it is. And so many churches don't have leaders. I've been to a church before. I went to do a a literature campaign in a church in London. It was a pastor who was playing the bass guitar. Please, it's not because he loves music. There was nobody to play the guitar. I've seen a church, Starbrook, having a, a crusade. The speaker was around playing the keyboard. Where is your responsibility to equip people? Many churches don't have musicians. If you have a musician, they are playing for money. And after, after church, not even after the church, by the time they finish praising the worship, they don't even sit down to hear you preach. They go to another church. I have one here, one person here I can show you we used to do that. One of my pastors used to do that. I, I, I used to call him the church, church dangle. he goes to a few churches to play keyboard by the grace of God when I met him he was healed of all the dangalism all the dangalism was healed (laughs) glory be to God (laughs) their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work in other words if the work of God is being done it will be done by the leaders and the people we equip not by us our work is to equip not to be on the ground doing the work now I have feedback from all the invitations and the mobilization that we put together one of the common things I heard one of the common things I heard from my pastors and church leaders going out to invite people was that the head of the church will say I have to discuss with my leaders I don't discuss things with my leaders I tell my leaders I don't discuss how do you discuss things with your children? you tell your children this. you don't discuss things with your children there is and, and normally in a house where if the garbage has to be taken to the garbage dump, you call your children and you, you discuss. Oh, oh. Onika, come. Akin, come. Uh, come. Uh, let's sit down and have a meeting. There is a conference going on. You are one, go. Or oh, the garbage is full. You are one, take the garbage and go and dump it. Is that how we behave in our homes? So I will not be surprised that in the house the children are there and you are the one who throws the garbage away. I will not be surprised. I will not be surprised. But your children are sitting down and you the man or the woman you are the one who takes the garbage and go and throw it away. Because you don't have any authority in your house. I almost, 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 I was so sad that many church leaders Some of you may be sitting down here. Say, I have to discuss with my leaders. How many people here are from the church that I pastor? Shepherd House. How many of you? Stand up. You are from Shepherd House. Did I discuss with you to come here? All right, please sit down. God bless you. In fact, the conference registration, they paid more than you. they paid more of the conference than the outsiders. That's what the leader does. We'll come to that. And so, our responsibility is to equip, to put a lot of information on, and, and, and train our people to do the work. So if the work of God is not being done in Guyana, It is not the fault of the members, it's the fault of us, the ministers. We are being irresponsible. If you can't find people to suit your church, if you can't find people to lead your singing, you can't find people to come to the conference with, it is because of your irresponsibility. And tell you that that's how God brought you here to tell you that. <laughs> I have a church, or we have a branch, a church in Letep, Region 9. Now, my, my role, my role. I was explaining to the church my role, by the grace of God, is like a founding apostle. I don't call myself apostle, even though I was sent. I I'm am I'm, I'm a consecrated bishop, but my role is to build a foundation for Shepherd House International here in Guyana. One day I'll be dead and gone, and then many people will rise up and come and see the church and the branches. Just like we see Assemblies of God. All the churches that are here, Assemblies of God, Full Gospel, Wesleyan. Somebody came here to start. That is the shoes that I am walking in. A 21st century Full Gospel founder, Wesleyan Church founder, Assemblies of God founder. That is the shoes that God has given me. So a new thing is happening. And if we read our Bibles well, God said, Jesus said that, Nobody puts new wine in old wine skins. So don't expect uh, a Bishop Messiah to be here. Don't expect Reverend John Smith to be here. Don't expect Apostle uh, Williams to be here. Don't expect Bishop Joe Pesson from New Testament Church of God to be here. You should expect a new vessel with new wine. If the Bible is clear to us. No one puts new wine and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, be, be, do not be drunk in excess with wine, but be drunk, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is compared to wine. The rule of the Spirit of God is compared to wine. That is why on the day of Pentecost, the people said the apostles were drunk. Because when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they were behaving as drunkards. And so when the Bible speaks about new wine in new wine wineskins, it is a movement that God always will raise up with a new person, a new face. And people always fight new faces. People always fight new people. The old people fight new people. The old pastors who have been here for years, they fight me. Somebody inviting people. Somebody said that I don't have a spirit so he won't come. And I'm glad that I don't have a spirit. If he had my spirit, he'd be doing well in ministry. Because I came here 17 years ago, my wife and two little girls. That's all I had. What you see here is 17 years of work. I, I'm a full-time pastor. There's never a month I don't get a salary. I don't work anywhere. I work in a church. And you are working somewhere, you are, you are say you're a, you a pastor. You are part-time pastor. You are half-half. Your dedication is half. You have your Isaac, and you are keeping your Isaac. So no, 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 I won't sacrifice my Isaac. He's my only child. Many ministers in Guyana are part-time. They work somewhere else, and then in the evening, they, they don't use prepared messages. They come and talk, talk about things which has no power. That's why our churches are the way of because nobody wants to believe God and give themselves completely to His work. Because you're afraid that you will not get money, because money is your focus and not the glory and the power of God. Uh, Have I started preaching already? (laughs) God is looking for, let me tell you, many of the big pastors around, they have secular responsibilities. I've never seen that in the Bible. Apart from Paul, who was like a layperson when it comes to the need, he was a tent maker. So when he gets to a place where, you know, the church can't take care of him, then he goes into tent making. But Peter, James, John, all these apostles Jesus called, they left whatever they had. God wants many of you to leave what is taking your time. Because indeed, many of you are distracted. That's why your church is not working because you don't have time for the church. And anything you don't have time for will never do well. You plant some seeds here and don't spend time. I planted some corn right here where this, this building is. I was coming from Georgetown, I came to plant it. When I planted it, I never came back. The day I came back, not one corn was, was, was for me. Rotten, grown up, uh, ripe, rotten. Because I didn't have time for it. So if you don't have time for your ministry, your ministry will never grow. You will never do well. There is not a single month I don't get a salary. Even if I don't preach, I'll get a salary because the church that I came to start out of nothing has grown. I can cross my legs the whole month and still get a salary. A nice salary too. I don't have to struggle because I have equipped people who pay tithe. I have equipped people who believe in God, who give offerings. I have equipped people who out of their equipping, I am a beneficiary of my responsibilities. Yeah? (laughs) I have not started preaching (laughs) I hope you can hear me at the back if we don't spend time equipping people we will never see the greatness of God because God like everybody else needs time he needs time you need to give God time our time is more with wife and children and our secular work our time is more in that area rather than the ministry somebody said some a pastor told one of my people he said it's a holiday it's family day hey i pray you don't go to holy i pray you don't go to her holiday to is family time so when is when is it no a family time every day is family time sunday uh, 12 o'clock you go from your church the rest of the day is family time when did you see Jesus say that time was family time who are you following instead of spending hours to equip and to teach you are taking a lot of holiday and family times for 17 years by the grace of God even when I, I am on leave I am not on leave it's very difficult, very difficult for me to go on leave even though I get my I get the announcement that okay this, this time December is leave vacation two weeks I, I hardly can go because I don't feel like I have equipped people enough to leave the church behind and they will tell you that in many of the things if I'm not involved it, it, it doesn't go in a certain way it means that I have not even fully equipped them. When I finish, God will take me away. Because you know that I've finished my work. Anybody who finishes his work here, God takes you away. He doesn't leave you here to, to rhyme. So, we have the five-fold ministry. And our responsibility is to equip the church when you look at the, 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 the gifts the first like the bible says firstly apostles secondarily prophets one thing i've observed in guyana is that majority of ministers are either apostles or prophets two of us everybody's apostle when they are they have not even been sent They are apostles Apostle means one who is sent. The first apostles were the 12. So many people, in, uh, uh, if you like, when you go on Facebook and you see a program, see the titles of people who are ministering. <laughs> you hardly hear, see a bishop. Apostle. Prophet. Apostle, you hardly see evangelists, you hardly see a pastor, you hardly see what well, a teacher. In fact, you hardly hear the teaching title being conferred on somebody, it's more apostles and prophets. But, ladies and gentlemen, I want to zero in today on. The pastor. But before I zero in on the pastor, I want us to look at each of them quickly, and then I'll continue on the journey with the pastor. If you, if your Bible, if you have a good Bible, these electronic things, you can easily have what we call the. King James Version, I, I, use, I use a Bible, I don't know if I can show it, but I use a Bible, Olive Tree Bible, I have an iPad that I use, I have downloaded the Olive Tree app, which is a Bible, I have bought King James, all the different versions, I have bought the study Bibles, I have dictionaries, I have commentaries, because if I'm going to equip people, I have to equip myself first. And equipping doesn't start and end in a Bible seminary. It is for life. And so this is even a place where you equip yourself to go back and teach those who didn't come with you. But you yeah, are disrespectful. You let me go to a conference for the man for telling me that I'm irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. If you catch it this Sunday, your church will be very hot. I said, if you catch it this Sunday the church people don't wonder where did you go? (laughs) So the original the New Testament was written in Greek so let's look at the Greek words quickly of the apostle, the prophet the the, the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher you see the pastor is actually in uh, in the, the end I learned it in my early days that the, this is the this is the apostle the, on the fingers. This is the apostle, this apostle is the thumb. He's a main foundation breaker. He's a pioneer. He goes and breaks the ground and starts things. What I'm what I'm doing is apostolic work, but I don't call myself apostle. What I'm doing is apostolic work to bring a church into what the MC was saying into a place where people farm. It's apostolic. To bring a church that is not in Georgetown. I will never get a space like this in Georgetown. And that's why I don't. I've passed it in Georgetown for. For what? More than I've passed it here. Eh, This place is better than Georgetown. Georgetown people don't have time for God. (laughs) So this is the apostle. is the term. Then this is a prophet. Because when you are saying. That says the Lord. When you are talking to somebody. You are very serious. You point at them like that. When I was, I, I was growing up, I was taught not to point finger at older people. If the person is older than you, you don't do that to them. It's disrespectful. But the prophet said, that saith the Lord. So this is an apostle. This is a prophet. And then unfortunately, the finger that many people don't like is the longest. It's an evangelist. Isn't it? It's an evangelist. Right there. He's the one that goes very far. Excuse me, right? I have to say, excuse me, because our minds have been polluted by a nice finger God created for us. It is so bad that when you are saying a cock in Guyana, you have to say foul cock because cock is a bad thing to many Guyanese. But the male version of a che- of a hand is cock. That's what I learned in school. But I have to say foul cock because of your mind. If I say cock now, someone say what? What a man talking about? I went to a conference, the man saying cock. But cock is a male version of a hen. That's English. And well, that's how I was raised. I was taught that the female is called hen and the boy chicken is called cock. But when I say cock to you, so bishop, bishop, what are you on? Bishop, what are you that I that cock and hen? <laughs> I am doing poetry, agriculture science. (laughs) Yeah, teachers. But I have to say, foul cock. So you don't say that I'm saying bad things in the church. So the middle finger is an evangelist. He goes very far to the ends of the world. Then you have the one that is here. He is the... He's the what? The pastor. This is the pastor. The ring is placed on this finger on your left. That's a sign of love. He's connected to the heart. The pastor has a heart for the people. (laughs) You see? So that's why I want to zero in on the pastor. And not the big man who says, I am an apostle. Or the prophet who likes to say, the Lord said. A lot of Guyanese like word. You have a word for me? I have a sentence for you. Not a word. I have a sentence. I went to the, the pastor gave me a word. He gave me a word. It's a sentence I will give you. Go and read your Bible and stop looking for a word. And then the, the last one, which is the small pinky finger, is the teacher. If your ears are itching, this is the finger you put here, you do this. Ooh. He's the one who is able to break things down to your understanding. That's the teaching ministry. So the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor with a heart. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 11 that I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd lays down his life for the people, for the sheep. And then you have the teacher. Are you there? Wonderful. So, the conference has started. (laughs) If you go to the Greek uh, um, words, for these, um, the gift Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. I have a Bible that is so easy when I tap on it, I get the Greek words. The Greek word for apostle is apostolos, so that's the olive tree Bible app. If you have an iPad or a phone, you can, um, you can download it. it, it will be a blessing to you. So I have it on my phone and I have it. On my tablet. So I have it here. And I use it. It's very, very useful. I don't have to carry a lot of books when I'm traveling. Everything is over here. On my iPad. So I'm preaching to you from Whatever I have you on the iPad. Get one. It is to equip the saints. It's something you fancy. It's something that will help me equip the people. Alright. So the Greek word for apostle is apostolos. Which means a delegate, specially an ambassador of the gospel, or officially a commissioner of Christ. Apostle also means he that is sent, he that is sent, he that is sent. That is sent. Right? If you look at a prophet, the Greek word is prophetis. Prophetis. Which means a foreteller. Somebody who tells for. He tells you what is going to happen. That is a word that we like. I want a word. Which of you give me a word? Don't forget the sentence. Sentence is longer than a word. <laughs> so prophetess which is the greek word for prophet means a foreteller an inspired speaker in this sense somebody who is inspired by the spirit of god an inspired speaker all right it says one who moved by the spirit of god and hence his organ or spokesman solemnly declares to men what he has received by inspiration i want to tell i want you to take note of the definitions it's not what you have put on yourself i want us to look at the bible definitions so the apostle means somebody who is sent a delegate all right and then the prophet means somebody who foretells who says who tells the future so sometimes they do word of knowledge word of wisdom when you were when you were little, something happened when you were five years old, and that has kept a bondage. It has kept you in bondage, and that is why you are not getting married. The Lord says that He has delivered you from that bondage. That is a prophet speaking. It, it is very inspiring. It is very fantastic. People like to go to prophetic meetings, but they don't like to come to church on a Sunday morning. The next one. Is the evangelist. A bringer of good tidings. A bringer of good tidings. The name given to the New Testament heralds of salvation. Through Christ who are not apostles. Through Christ who are not apostles. Is it, is it working? Is it working uh, properly? So you have the, the apostles. You have the prophets. You have the evangelists. Now let me skip the pastor and go to the teacher. The teacher is, the Greek word is didaskalos. Didaskalos. Alright, if you, if you don't speak Greek, don't worry. Didaskalos. It means an instructor. Which means that if somebody is operating in a teaching ministry, he instructs. And most of the time, people don't like instructions. A teacher instructs. He's an instructor. So this is somebody who takes the scripture and then instructs. For example, I teach in the church. I teach here in in my church. That if you, because I have a lot of younger people, you know, people who are looking for husbands and wives and all of that. So I instruct in the church that, if you see a sister, and you are interested in a sister, come and tell me, that is the process, in every teaching ministry there is a process, things just don't happen, you cannot call me and say Bishop, I want to offer up my, my child next Sunday, you could do that for me, I will say no. Because I instruct, I don't take instructions. You know how we Uganese culture is? People want to tell you what they want you to do for them. I've learned that. i get getting married on my birthday. To who? My child father. Where is he? He's in the bush. I will have to take you through six months of marriage counseling before I officiate your marriage. If you have to go to UG for four years to come and take care of animals, then when you are going to marry somebody's girl, child, you just want to fix a date and just go along like that, you have to be instructed. That's the teaching ministry. You have to be taught about communication. How to communicate with a woman in the house. You have to talk, to, to, to talk about finance. Responsibilities of a husband. Many husbands are irresponsible. And many wives are proud and disrespectful. You have to instruct people if you have a teaching ministry. If you don't have a teaching ministry, your church is a confused, chaotic place. When you come to our church, we ask you not to turn on your phone when I'm, I'm preaching. You can't get up when I'm preaching. Because we find the preaching time and everything else, a very special moment we are interacting with God, that you can't just walk out. And many people come to our church, they don't like it because they don't like the instruction. Because they grew up in a house where there is no boundaries, there is no borders. And so when they come to the church, they don't want boundaries and they don't want borders. I'm telling you, there's no place on earth that you go to that you will not have boundaries and borders. Even in the country really we live in there are boundaries and there are borders. When we moved the church here, there's a woman across the road, a, a Hindu woman. She told me that I should leave their, her village. Because she thinks that this is her boundary and I've, I have I violated her space. I said, this is your village? This is my village. This is America. And I have a green card. Because she felt that for all the years, they have their boundary and their space. And all of a sudden, I don't even know if you use black man. That is not so important to me. All of a sudden, some stranger has come inside and they feel very uncomfortable. So, in a church with a, with a teacher, you get a lot of instructions, and many guys don't like that. A lot of guys are lawless. That's why when you are driving on the road, you see a taxi driver park his car, take out his thing, and then right on the roadside, a lawlessness. They say what? Campaign against tint. It's a joke. I say it's joke. When you live in a country where people who put tint, tint on your vehicle are not controlled, you can't control the people who have the tint on their vehicles. People are making money to put tint on people's vehicles. You are not controlling them. You have to you have to solve the problem from the roots. Not the, not the, not the, not the branch. The root is the problem that before you get a tint business, you have to be registered, you have to get an approval. If I'm coming for a tint, I have to bring my license before you put tint on me. You, you can't just say, tint, I'll put tint on my vehicle. If you like, stop me. you see what I'll tell you. When I got a revelation, I tinted my vehicle. Yeah, I tinted it. Because if you ask me about a tint, I'll say, man officer, watch. Watch the man, the man going so, watch. So in a teaching church, you have a lot of instructions. And so people who like freedom want to come and sit in church and slouch on the chair and be on your phone. They don't like a church where they will be instructed. People who come to church, I have had to fight with a lot of people who see girls in the church and want to just sex them. Because they don't want to take instructions. You can't come to the Church of God and just find a girl and sex her. We do that in the bush. We do that outside, not in the church. And so a teacher is an instructor. And the Bible says that this gift equips the church. So if you don't have the teaching ministry, something is lacking. Your children will grow up not regarding or respecting anything. The church members will also grow like that. Are you with me so far? Wonderful. Now let's go to the the, the uh, what the pastor. The word, the Greek word for the pastor, is poimen spelled P-O-I-M-E-N, poimen P-O-I-M-E-N, poimen boy means a shepherd a shepherd or pastor it goes on to say a herdsman a shepherd it says In the parable, he to whose care and control others have committed themselves and whose precepts they follow. I read again. A shepherd, a poor man, in the parable he to whose care remember all the fivefold ministries that we've read there's nothing like care I, I don't know if you, if, you, if you are noticing it all the apostles, prophets teachers, evangelists there is nothing like somebody to whose care which, which, which means that this particular gift is the type of gift that keeps people together in a building for many years in other words the one who keeps a church moving from strength to strength is the one who has the gift of a pastor and not just an apostle if you are going to run a church ladies and gentlemen you need to be a pastor you need to have the gift of a shepherd a pastor and in addition you need a teaching gift also because paul told timothy do the work of an evangelist so as for evangelism you can do it you can take your, your church you can go stand by the roadside you can reach out to people that's not a very difficult thing apostle if you want to start a church once you equip people You can release one or two of them. They can start a branch. They can start an outstation. That is also not so much difficult. But what, What is important is the one who takes care of the people. It is the care that raises and brings forth people. so I want you to check what gift really you need in the role that you play because if you are going to be able to amplify your ministry it will be because you have the right things to amplify you get it you cannot be a cardiologist and then expect people with toothaches to come and see you a dentist does not do surgery on people's hearts. A dentist takes care of your crown, your root canal, uh, your uh, what your dental hygiene, your 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 how do you call it? Your 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 dentist. A dentist has his area a cardiologist has his area the um, general surgeon is general then you have all the other special so spe- specialists that, that that there is in the same way in the same way if you are an apostle you can find yourself in the apostolic calling <laughs> are you with me you cannot be a prophet and run a church if you don't have the gift of a pastor. So I, I came across a ministry where you have a pastor and then he says, that, oh, we are in a five-fold ministry. So he is there. Uh, apostle, somebody's evangelist, somebody's a prophet, and like that. What it means is that all of us are doing the work of the ministry. There's going to be confusion. <laughs> there has to be a clear leader in your church. Don't call people apostles, evangelists, and prophets just like that. Don't, 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 don't swell people's heads. Because to be an apostle, to be a prophet, you have to have years of evidence. It's just not a title. You can't go around and say you're a lawyer. You just, don't, you just don't call yourself a lawyer. You have to go to school. You have to be trained. Now, you have to work alongside a law firm and then be called to the bar. You just don't become a lawyer. Even when you you go to medical school, you have to do your clericals, you have to do your practicals, and then you attach your hospital, you work with an experienced medical doctor, a consultant. Then through your working and your experience, then you also try to rise, rise up. The only place that there's a lot of confusion is in the church. Everybody takes a title and then they are just going... I'm a prophet. When the things you say never never comes to pass. Give us five evidence of your words coming to pass as a prophet. I have the teaching ministry, so instruction comes in. So if you feel a little proud, you will not take it. You can easily walk out. Like I see somebody has walked out already. <laughs> it's the teaching. If you feel like a big man, you you feel you feel, you, feel, you feel the pain. but it's not me. It's the teaching ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are an apostle. I, I, we had a case with um, we had a case with GRA somebody in the church had a case with GRA with well, some tax issues and so I, I recommended the person to a, a lawyer I know when the person went to see the lawyer I mean I, I, to me it was like oh this is a lawyer who has been working for the church for so many years so oh, when, once you go everything will be okay when they went to see the lawyer the lawyer then referred them to another lawyer who is, who is specialized in the tax matters I was surprised. I said, okay, because I was very comfortable for the lawyer I know to deal with the case, not knowing that when it comes to GRA tax things, there are people who do those things. In another, in another sense, you, you, if you don't have a gift, don't position yourself in a place where you are not so effective. Because you can't start a law firm and say you deal with tax matters when that is not your area, and it looks like in every walk of life in the secular world things are better organized than in the church. But if if you will receive what God is what God is teaching your eyes will open to our country and see a lot of things that are not in order. And let me just use one example. And please don't, don't crucify me for that. All right? Don't crucify me. I'm just using it as an example. The office of a bishop is a very high ranking office in the church, not in the secular world. A bishop doesn't have anything to do with the secular world. Go to the, go to the Catholic church and ask for the Catholic bishop and see whether they do anything else than church work. I've not mentioned anybody's name. Because there are a lot of wrong things out there that make people think that that is the norm. The Bible says that Zachariah, who is the father of John the Baptist, he was of the cause of Abijah, and his lot was to burn incense in the temple. And that was what he used to do, burning incense in the temple. He had no other business out anywhere but to burn incense. I I hope we read our Bibles when you have the bishop title you are telling the world that in the church realm you are so high that you don't have time and energy for anything outside the church. Is somebody listening to me this morning? I am a bishop. After the conference, I'm on my way to Trinidad. I'm going. I have a conference there. I don't have time to sit on the post office board. I don't have time to sit on the central housing and planning board. I don't have time to sit on the Guyana geology and mines board. I don't have time! No matter how much money you give me, I don't have time. I've already positioned myself and nobody can distract me. If, I, if it's the money, then let me leave this and follow the money. And, and maybe I have a voice here because I used to live in Europe. I lived in the Netherlands for 50 years. And it's speak good Netherlands. It can it can, a big moment in Netherlands breaking. I speak fluent Dutch. I lived there for 50 years. And my pastor told me, leave everything, go to Guyana. I said, yes, sir. I left everything and I came to Guyana. So I came in the opposite direction to money. So your 5,000 registration is not for me. I don't need it. <laughs> Somebody said, a pastor will say, "Oh, so if you come for two days, is there a reduction? I said, God have mercy. God have mercy. A Granger? There is nobody who wants something from God who doesn't pay a price, you know. And if it's just five thousand you to catch something to, to change your life and ministry, then it is worth it. And so I left the glory and the, the glamour of, of Europe, the white man's world, and came this direction, places where people are willing to go. So anti-clockwise. So money is not my motivation of coming to Guyana. So, yeah, he's an African, African. I left Africa when I was a little boy. I schooled in Europe. And I had a very settled life. Until my person who I believed that God was speaking through him told me that I should leave and come to Guyana as a missionary. I said, why not? It sounds exciting. Going to a place where you don't know anybody to start a church. It's adventurous. Because by nature, I like action. I don't like them movies where they kiss up and hug up. I don't like them movies. I like all they shoot people. and they tell I like those movies. Rambo, Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't like them lifetime, lifetime. I don't like them. Titanic, no, 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 no. I will sleep. I like Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when my, my pastor, my bishop died, me said I should go to Guyana. I don't even know where he got the name from. I said no problem. And here I am today, 17 years later. <laughs> Adventure, I tell you. Huh? And that's what Jesus did. Jesus listened to his father and came to a place full of strangers. Who actually killed him at the end of the day? (laughs) I will not be killed in Jesus' name. Because he said things that people didn't like. He instructed things that people didn't want. He did things that people questioned. A lot of things people didn't agree with Jesus about. And so when you write, when God raises you up and you say things people don't agree, don't worry. Jesus also had the same thing. So I'm saying that if you are an evangelist, don't start a church. Unless in addition to the evangelist, you have the heart of a pastor. Otherwise, when it comes to care, you will lack. You will slack in that. In Matthew chapter 9, let's jump straight to what I want to talk about. Matthew chapter (laughs) 9. Verse 36. Is the Bible I'm using on. When he saw the crowds. When he saw the crowds that are here. now this conference is a very major conference. There's no conference going on in town where the person, didn't come, the person didn't come from abroad. I'm right here and I'm having a conference. You see, God is using me to tell you something. So don't fight with me in your head. You may not be used to what I'm doing, but... <laughs> don't fight with me, God is telling you if he can use me to do what I'm doing he can also use you in wherever you are at that's why he brought you here I can't do I can't go everywhere but if God can show you something wherever you are he can count on you there I don't have to come to in my corny I, 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 can't, I can't handle it unless he tells me to come but Pastor Samuel is there If God does something, if God can trust him with my calling, something wonderful will happen there. And then my job will be accomplished because I don't have to go there. I just have to speak as he leads me. And somebody will be trusted in that area. When he saw the crowds, and let's be honest, if you go to a conference with so many people like this, the preacher is from Trinidad. He's from Barbados, some apostles from Barbados, somebody from America, Maryland, the USA. You hardly hear a Guyanese pastor living here having a conference with so many people. Sir, so it looks like, it looks like it's, it's like a record. I mean, if, if you have to be humble about these things. That this number of people, this is Georgetown, this is Messiah, this is Smith, this is the names that we know. Collins, Victor Collins, who is that? They call me African man. I don't know which part of my face has the writing African man. <laughs> it's very humbling what God will do. But this you see here is not just God, it is God, people allowing themselves to be used by God. To go around and invite you and harass you and trouble you and call you and come to your church and all them things. It is how God wanted to get you to come. To align your ministry. If you catch what God is teaching us, you will pray for the gift of a shepherd or a pastor. And not just say you are a prophet and run a church. Prophets, when they run a church, they spoil church members. I personally don't believe in weekly deliverance service. I don't believe in it. I don't want to spend my time casting out devils. I want to spend my time equipping people. How many demons do you want to cast out? Every week you are casting out devils. Every week we should come. The person who came last week has come again this week. They have devils. Don't you see that you are wasting your time? I don't have deliverance service here. When you come and see me, or you message me, or you call me, and as a doctor, I analyze your situation. Then I say, come, I want to pray for you. I will not open up a door to deliverance every year for 10 years. You've been doing deliverance for 10 years. All the deliverance in Ghana should have finished by now. If not, then you should stop deliverance service. Because it's not making any, 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 any impact. And those who used to come, they just want to waste your time. When they come and they fall down, they, they do, and then you are excited. Here, they are wasting your time. They want to distract you from your responsibility. Why don't you rise up and fight the demons yourself? Teach me. He didn't call me to come and do deliverance. I'll do, I'll do teaching. I'll call you and teach you the whole day. And when I see that your face is not looking good. i said you have some depressing, depression demons. Come, let me pray for you. I will diagnose your problem. Not that you will come for deliverance. Many people don't come. Many people just come to entertain, to spectate. When people fall down, people hollering, they come and watch. When he saw the crowds, this is Jesus. He had compassion on them. So, so you see, Jesus is operating in a different... Jesus was the one who had all the five. Five. When he has to prophesy, when he saw the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he says, go and bring your husband. He said, Ninganon. He says, truth, because the one you are with, you have had five, the one you are with is not even your own. Prophetic. Then he said, Hear you the parable and the sower. That's instruction, teaching, teaching. Then he goes around preaching the kingdom. All right? Then he says, I am the good shepherd. That is somebody who is stable and using care and love and raising people. Are you there? He's an the apostle of our faith because he's the one who came down here to break the grounds and start the church of Jesus Christ. So when he he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because the Bible said they were confused and helpless. Give me the King James. King James is better. They were confused and helpless. But the King James says when he, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad. Why were they fainting? Why were they scattering? Who was the missing link? Or what was the missing link? He says, because they were as sheep having no apostle. I think I'm teaching. (laughs) They were as sheep having no prophet. You see naturally, when somebody says, I got something for tell you, you get excited. When they don't tell you, you say, man, you tell me you got something for tell me like you and calling me. What's going on? So when, the, when you have the prophetic gift, people come around you because people have 18 years to hear what God is saying. But what God is saying is in the Bible. Everything is said in the Bible. We can't push the Bible away and now become walking and oral or verbal Bibles. When I came into Guyana, 14th of March, 2005, I was staying in Virgin Region, and um, the family that hosted me, a young man who used to go to a full gospel church, he passed away, unfortunately. He invited me to um, a lady, and there was a, there's like a you know, a convention or some revival or something like that. So he invited me to the program. You know, I wanted to see how Guyanese do their thing. So I went. That was my first church I visited. So I went and I sat at the back. And then um, the, the Spirit of God was moving. The lady was on the stage. They're calling people out. Calling people out. And telling them things and telling them things. I was watching in amazement. Then at a the point, she pointed at me at the back. When I bowed my head like that, then there was a lady next to me. He said, "She calling you?" I didn't my hair, but she asked me whether I fight her. I almost said yes. I fight her. <laughs> Why didn't I go? That's my first church. I don't even know anybody. I don't even know who is preaching. I don't even know the country. Then I ask myself, what is she going to tell me that I don't know? Number one, God is going to use me. Of course, I've come to Guyana. I know God is going to use me. There is something about you. The devil doesn't like you. Of course, I know the devil doesn't like me. There's a certain glory and oil upon your life. Yes, I believe the glory of God is upon my life so I ask myself what is this lady going to say that I don't know I don't want her to twist my head so it's better I don't hear and even go home and using her in my head I just bow my head like that and I think she gave up at a point when she realized I wasn't coming I don't have 18 years to hear what somebody has to tell me are you not the one who plays that song in your house you are working in power you're working in miracles, you live a life of favor, and you know who you are. So, what do you want somebody else to tell you? I thought you knew who you are, and that and that you don't need anybody to tell you who you are. It's like a woman who doesn't believe she's beautiful, and then a guy has to tell her she's beautiful before he says, Oh, really? Oh, I okay oh. and your blushes. Oh, really? oh, oh, and nobody tell me that. nobody tell them things. Like you don't know that you have been wonderfully and fearfully made. Like you need somebody. You need a man to tell you that you are beautiful and that you are blushing. They were scattered abroad as a sheep having no evangelist. The word shepherd is poem. P O I. M-E-N the same word translated pastor in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 in other words where there is no gathering the gift that is missing is the pastoral gift rather than the evangelical gift you see the evangelists will come and gather people and do a crusade 2, 3 days, 4 days, 5 days, 1 week then he gone what happens to the people who give their life to Christ through the crusade somebody who has time has not gathered them and raised them for years teaching them the principles of repentance, baptism Holy Ghost baptism speaking in tongues is, it, is speaking in tongues real or not is it past or not tithe Consistency in church, do not forsake the assembly of yourself together. Somebody who can cook and give it to you every day. When a woman is going to get married, hardly do they think about cooking for the next 60 years of their life? Many women don't even think about sex when they are getting married. But when you're a lady, you're going to get married, you have to think about sex. You're going to open your legs for 50 years of your life. Three times a day for 50 years. Count it and see. 1, 2, three, four, 5, seven. count it. 3 times a day by 50 years. Yeah, 3 days, 3 times by 365, by 50. But most women, especially the younger ones now, all they think about is the dress, the color, and the cake. Cake? You have to be opening your legs for 50 years. Yeah, you have to be going to the hospital with big stomach. They have to take knife and cut your, cut your belly like that. That's what is going to happen to you. Take me real. Think about the ring. I want a diamond ring. No problem. You get a diamond ring. <laughs> but it means that the door must open 24 hours a day, seven days in a week. <laughs> Without the door saying I'm tired or anything. Yeah. That's the reality of marriage. That's how many many marriages. The women don't have sex with their husbands anymore. You are now brother and sister in the house because you 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 finish. You did 50 years and you tired. You done. You have done your best. 50 years, <laughs> it's finished. This, this no no no. It's 50 years, 60 years. As long as the or both of you shall live, that is how we we say the vows. There was, the people were scattered. They were fainted. They fainted because the pastoral gift, the shepherding gift was not there to bring the people together. And so if you are the head of a church, if you are the head of a small group in a church, what you need to know during the conference is what a shepherd means and what he does. If you don't have a church, what I'm saying will not be relevant. If you have a church, then you should be able to understand what is poor man? What is a shepherd? The factor here for the scattering. If you go to verse 36, there's 37. What does it say? Go there. 37. He says, Then he said unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he says that, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, and that he will send more laborers into his harvest. So you see that there's a need for shepherds. There's a need for people who bring people together. Many people are in a position of ministering to people for them to feel nice but not to bring them together. And if we don't bring people together, the church will lose its meaning. Because when the church started in the book of Acts, there were 120 people in the upper room praying when the Holy Ghost descended. The Bible says when Peter preached in Acts arts of the, Free, the, the the number increased to 3,000 people. You need people to take care of 3,000 people. You need people. If you have 3,000 right now, how, how are you going to manage? You need to learn how to manage 10 people. In fact, Solomon says in the book of Proverbs that be thou diligent to know the state of thy flock. So God sees us as many things. One of the things that God sees us as is as sheep. To God, we are sheep. That is why David said that the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say the Lord is my father. Or the Lord is my boss man. He said the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. A shepherd does not work at the bank. A shepherd does not do accounting a shepherd takes care of sheep. So when David said that the Lord is my shepherd, he's actually saying that he is a sheep. So your church members are sheep. And one of the most difficult, lazy animals that need a lot of time and tending is sheep. <laughs> no goats. If you have goats in your church, I beg you, you should tell God, please remove me. Goats are fast. And many of our church members behave like goats instead of sheep. There's a book by, by my father in the ministry, uh, the mega church. He talks about the stages of church members. Three stages. The first stage, he said, is a deer stage, a stage. When people join the church, they are very... Non-domesticated. They are very wild. They come when they feel like. They give up when they feel like. They don't pay tithes. They don't read their Bible. You hardly find them. Then, as you work on them and you instruct them and you take care of them, then they move from the deer stage to a goat stage. A goat is domesticated. It's in the house, but it does its own things. There are a lot of our church members who do their own things. Many people can't control church members. It's true. You're fighting for control them, because they run away. <laughs> yeah. But if you are going to be able to raise and train and make an impact on people, you need to control them. That's what the conference is. Wednesday, which is a holiday, no problem. I tell Thursday, you, you need to take a day off and come. I know those of you who, who, who are uncontrollable like goats or something like that. Tomorrow you go to work. You say, I went to the first day. Because you refuse to be controlled. When you have to come on Thursday and Friday, it means that take a day off and come. I, I, I will hardly see any of my church members who will not be here tomorrow and Friday. And when I don't see them, I call them to the office on Sunday. And I'll ask, explain to me why you were not here on Thursday. Oh well, we my bossman as who's your boss man? God are your boss man, who's bigger? If you can, if you can answer that question, then it means you are in the wrong bin. People are scattered. It is only the shepherd or the pastor who comes on the scene and the sheep. I brought here. And sheep, you don't say. Sheep, come. Sheep, come now. No, 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 no. You have to say hi, hi. Where's my? I have to have my staff next in the next session. Hi, hi, hi. That is how church members are supposed to be treated. That's not what I'm saying. That is what the Bible says. John chapter 10 is the famous chapter on sheep and shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And so, if you are going to run a church, thank God for your apostolic gift, thank God for your uh, uh, prophetic gift, thank God for your teaching gift, thank God, but you need the grace of a shepherd. You need the grace of a shepherd. If you don't have that, I can tell that that by the number of sheep you have in your church. Now, if you look at a conference, indeed, you can say that I have something that brings people together. I was a I mean you can say whatever you want to say about him, but you can't take it away from me that. Well, the conference we got, we got quite a good number of people. It didn't happen by osmosis. The movement of substance from a higher concentration to a lower concentration. No, 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 no. <laughs> through a semi-permeable membrane. No, no. <laughs> Somebody mobilized. And all of you, I am the one who mobilized you through my, my helpers. The person who came to you, I sent him to you. We gathered churches. Churches, I said, let's focus on the west side. West from, from there's a village on this side called uh, Free and Easy. At the back there, I hear after that you can walk to Westminster in London. We went to every village, every church, every pastor from this side to Perica. Who knew Perica? And I distributed my pastors and my leaders by villages. Every Sunday we have a meeting and I ask, how many have you spoken to? How many pastors have you called? I have people in the that's why Apostle Samuel is here, I have people in Sikobo who called him and said, Bishop Collins says, uh, conference, please come. I have people in Batica. I said, organize the Batika people. I have people in Letem who came with about five people. I have people in Babies who came with people. On the East Bank, we have a branch in Pearl. I give the whole East Bank to the pastor and the leaders of the church. I said, every church from the highway to Timary, right down to Agricola, is you. When we finish the conference, I'm going to have a meeting. I'm going to check who came and whose fault is that that somebody didn't come. And they will fast and pray for three days. <laughs> yeah, our target was 500 people. We are just 300. Our target was 500. I so COVID and all of that. Let's go for 500. It's 300 people. 300. Yeah. In the pandemic, in canal number two folder, on a uh, um, um, Holy Monday. day. Some, somebody has something that has brought people together. And there's nothing wrong to learn a little from that person so that your 20 can become 50, or your 100 can become 200, or your 200 can become 300, that at least you will develop the gift of a shepherd and that you will grow. Give me that scripture that says that be that diligent to do the state of thy flock. Proverbs what? Bible school people. It's right there. Proverbs 27, 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. Not thy children. Not thy business. Thy flock. And look well to thy heads. The next verse, 24. For riches are not forever. In other words, the Bible is linking the shepherd his ability to take care of the sheep is linking that to becoming rich. Ladies and gentlemen, if and when you have the gift of a shepherd and you develop the shepherd's gift properly, you become rich. You, you, you become rich, you will not be able to control the, the, the riches. So, instead of, instead of going for money, Go for sheep. You see that the sheep will multiply. Every good shepherd has a lot of sheep. I brought a goat here. Pregnant goat. Female goat. A girl, woman goat. She, she was pregnant. And I brought her here. And I have some I church members, some pastors who, who stay here. Then the girl goat gave birth to two children. One boy goat And one girl goat. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to be a goat farmer. But I don't live here. I wish I was living here, but I I don't I don't live here. The people who live here, they have supervised the death of the children. <laughs> and so the woman is lonely. I am lonely. I have nobody. Right hello. And I can explain to you why. you see in my life here in Guyana I've tried to bring Guyanese together the Guyanese fight bad what (laughs) (laughs) You, you, you know I've been here for 17 years I've been pastoring for 17 years so what I'm saying is not I don't like Guyanese no, 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 no. I can show you my ID card. Ice Guy, I come from Queenstown, Essequibo. <laughs> I've tried, I'm telling you. Sometimes in the church, I was so surprised one day in the church, somebody told me that their spirit can't take somebody else's spirit. I, I, I was shocked. In the church, In the church, your spirit can't take somebody's spirit. What kind of spirit do you have? (laughs) Church members fight. Even me, they fight me. I have trained people to become pastors. They've left the church and they're insulting me outside. Yes. And the girls, they married in the church, they've left the girls. Because they vex with me, so they vex with the girls too. <sighs> and if there's one thing I can tell you, I say, Guyanese don't like one another. Yeah, Guyanese are very divided. It's a demon. It's a demon. I have a few of them who live in a building in front there. When I get a car, It's like I'm a prophet. I know what what the call is about. I can say, hold on. You are fighting? I I, I will tell you it's true. They are fighting. And so to bring people together, to have 20 people, please don't underestimate it don't uh, if, if you really love God and you believe that you have been called into the ministry to raise people and to pastor I'm telling you that is why we try to invite you here you need to seriously think about the pastoral ministry not the, not the title uh, the, forget about titles uh, you see you can go and stand in the garage for 24 hours but you are not a vehicle you can go to the, uh, the garage and lock the door and stand in the garage to the next morning. You never change into an alien. You are not a vehicle. And so don't lead a church if you don't know that the grace you have is not the right one for leading a church. Because it is one of the difficult people. You are supposed to bring people who are fainting. You know what it means to bring fainted people together? Ingr- Ingratitude. Ingratitude. Wickedness in the church. Thieves in the church. Backbiters. Accusers. Rebellious people. Disloyal elements. Dangerous sons. Devils. Jesus said, I've chosen all of you. Is not one of you a devil? That is. That is what you are committing yourself to when you step into the place to gather people. Human beings are difficult to deal with. And so if you don't have the right gift and grace, don't step into that role. And that's what has happened. Many people have started churches without the grace, without the gift. Because, you know, they can just give somebody a word. It's not a word, though. You need a whole story. I'm telling you, if you are going to raise people for the next 20, You need the whole story to tell every Sunday, every Tuesday. I have been preaching every Sunday, every weekday for 16 to 17 years. And see so the people have not changed. So if I come and say, that's it, the Lord. I see someone with a, uh, with a house lot. Lot number 284, 284, 284. Uh, if it's your lot, come with one million dollars and receive your lot. You see how many people come for their lot? How many years am I going to do that? Is God a computer or a remote that you can press and he will speak to you? So at a point, I will say things that are not even real. Because I'm used to that and the people are used to that. Because you can't tell me that every time you get away, if you, if God is the one who speaks to you. Hey, you, 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 I beg you. You can't press a button and say, the Lord said, God speaks when he wants to speak. To have people gather the problems, the issues you know in our churches, child mothers, child fathers,. Hey, people don't respect pastors. many church members in Ghana don't respect you because they have not been instructed in respect. So you're a prophet, you have, you have a church, you have church. Men, they don't respect you. They don't. Because you don't have the grace to instruct. You don't have the teaching gift. The fact that you give birth to a child doesn't mean that you are able to raise the child. The fact that you lead the church doesn't mean that you have the grace to, to lead the church. And I'm not saying stop leading, but you have to pray to God for the pastoral gift because that will help you. The teaching gift will help you. If you can give a word now and then, that will also help you. Because, you know, you can't eat Bora Bora every day, every day Bora, every day Bora. You have to eat chicken, you know, fried chicken, KFC chicken, one, 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 one time. Yeah, at least some chicken, every day Bora, every day pumpkin, every day Bora, every day Bora. They get tired. At least once in a while, you go through the drive-thru and buy some legs, tie and legs. <laughs> you see, the children will be excited. They'll be praying, that, hey, let daddy take us to KFC every weekend you tell them you think KFC is every weekend well, well, one time I don't give you that so for this, for this for today I want to spend time with you in looking at the shepherd the shepherd now the shepherd one thing that a shepherd shepherding gift comes with is the gift of government the Greek word is kubanesis if you are going to be a shepherd, you need to possess the gift of government. It means that you're supposed to have the health ministry, <laughs> also the uh, what, road ministry, reverse ministry, sports ministry. You need to have all those different aspects of life together. The gift of government. If you look at um where? I think it's first Corinthians. If you are there it's First Corinthians, chapter 12. and verse what, eight. First Corinthians chapter 12, if you're there. Yeah. 28. First Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. And God has set in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings. Sometimes we like, the, we like the spectacular, isn't it? We like the spectacular gift of healings. Helps. Governments. Governments. The Greek word is kubanesis. It means pilotage, to pilot. To pilot to sit in a plane and move the plane, taxi on the runway, take off, and go for hours. And then, the hours you are going for it's not like you are aimless, you are going according to plan. There's a compass that you are following and it's taking you it's amazing if you don't know a bit about geography and all these kind of map reading and all of that you wonder how Caribbean Airlines takes off from uh, um, Timary Airport the Jagan International Airport and then is able to find its way to piaco International in Trinidad because when you go up there there's no road signs there's no uh, traffic light us say, okay stop then left they follow a compass now if you look at the aeroplane, it is very similar to a shepherd's work because to even taxi and take off you need the skills and then when you take off one thing that I learned many years ago is that when you are in the plane, whether you like it or not you have to sit down you can't say, I changed my mind, I want to go back or you tell the pilot you know what, I want to, please put me off here put me off here I've had enough. The the corner coming up. The corner coming up. No, you have to be in a plane seated with your seatbelt fastened until you get to the destination. The pilot has to be able to maintain that order. And that is how a shepherd in the church is like. If you are going to be a shepherd, if you are going to be a pastor running a church, let me tell you, you don't have the gift of government, your church is forever going to be small. And there's nothing wrong about a small church except that it is God's will that churches get bigger. Because you start small, but you must end bigger. I say you start small, but you must end bigger. There is nobody who goes into business to stay small. There's nobody who goes to nursery school to forever stay in nursery school. And there shouldn't be anybody who starts a church and should be happy with 20 people after 10 years. When you're having your anniversary, you want people to come and, and mix up with your people and make the place big. A lot of people in your church, anniversary. The people who have come, they are not your people. And that's why I'm saying that many people don't look for real things. As we are having the program, how many people are from the church that I have? I, I am not trying to say that I am better than anybody, but it is what I've done or what I'm doing that will show that I have maybe something to say or something to teach. The fruit is what really speaks. So, if I have a conference and the people who are coming from my church is not more, it means that I, I shouldn't have a conference because I don't have, a, I, I have not been successful in raising people to now want to tell somebody else about raising people. That is why it has taken 17 years to do something like this. And I had somebody say that they hope that I'm not going to preach about kindergarten stuff. You you encounter so many things when you're inviting pastors to a place. A pastor said they, they hope that I'm not going to talk about kindergarten stuff. I don't want to I don't want to go off what I'm talking about. I wanted to take him on right now. (laughs) Kindergarten staff has given us something that you probably don't have. It's not easy. It's not easy. So the shepherd is somebody who must possess the gift of government. The gift of government. Can you be a president in the church? One thing that I advise as we continue in this shepherding business and I'm actually preaching from this book, if you, if you get it you can buy it I'm preaching from this book by my father, Dagwood Mills what it means to become a shepherd and I'm going to talk more about the books and I'll preach from the books also Sometimes our church systems are not good You see, for the lack of the skills of a government, we have church boards or committees. Many of them are a waste of time. Many of them. Why do I say that? I've been preaching since 1995, so I I know something about a church world. God does not call a group of people. He calls one person and he surrounds the person with people. There's always clarity as to who is the leader. So if I'm the pastor and I have a board, the board does not control me. I control the board. Otherwise, God called the board and God didn't call me. I don't know if you're feeling what I'm saying. So God calls you and then you put a board together. The board does not control you. You control the board. What is happening in many churches is that the board is controlling the pastor. And what is happening is that the man that God has chosen to run the ministry, there are people who are supposed to be controlled. They are controlling the pastor. That's how many churches don't do well. The apostle Paul told Timothy that anybody who is going to take the work of a bishop is taking a good thing. One of the things that he says about the person who is taking the work of a a pastor, he says that if the person does not, is not able to rule his own house well, we'll come to leadership in the course of the day. But it means that to be a leader in the church, or to be the head of a church, it also means that you should be able to control your wife. And many men of God in Ghana does not control their wife. They do not control their wives. The wives control them. Yeah. yeah, you have to control your wife. You see, where I come from, the, where I was born in a country I lived in, is the man who lies on the woman. The woman doesn't lie on the man. In Guyana, the woman likes to lie on the man. Because. <laughs> apparently is nicer. No, it's not a niceness. It's who got power. And it's a man who got the power. He's the one doing the work. Not the woman. You whining your waist a little bit. You say you're doing the well. work. Get a rush yourself. Come Come on. The Bible says that One that, he said, one that ruleth well his own house. Who is in the house of the man? And he's talking about men, not women. It doesn't mean that women can be pastors. That's what I'm saying. But it was more like a man they were addressing. He said, one that ruleth well his own, his, his, not her, her own house, his own house. I didn't write the Bible. And this is not my version. Please, did I give you the Bible or does This Bible. Ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Then he says, For if a man know not how to rule his own house, including his wife inside, how shall he take care of the church of God? So if you can't sit in a plane and say, Everybody sit down, put on your seatbelt, we are going to Trinidad. The Bible says, You cannot be a pastor. Because the pastor, you need the gift of ruling. You have to be a ruler. In other words, the pastor or the shepherd is a leader. The Bible doesn't say, that. oh, it's a leadership. It's like you're coming to a leadership conference. But the shepherd is a leader. He leads people. Yes. I said, I've been here for 17 years old. Many pastors' wives control the pastors. Oh, it's true. It's true. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You go somewhere, she's in a hurry to go back home. And because she wants to go back home, you got to go home too. So, my father in the ministry taught me well. He says, believe God to bless you so you buy a car for your wife. My wife is not here. By the time she comes, we will have finished the conference. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay. It's not a problem. At it's not a problem to me. She got work out. She wants salvation. in here and troubling. Because when I am thinking about preaching, she's thinking about food and this and that and that. But well, man shall not live by bread alone. She doesn't know that word in the Bible. A woman will be a woman. So a man cannot allow the woman to be a woman with him. One of the things my father in the ministry taught me early in the ministry is that there is something I should avoid on a Sunday morning. PPQ. Pre-preaching quarrels. Sunday morning is a good day to fight with your wife in the house. Something will come up. Something will come up. When you want to go and preach, he's talking about broom. Mama, bring the broom. Bring the broom. Girlfriend, you know, today is Sunday. You know, I'm I, I waiting for God to go and minister. Are you talking to me about broom? But you see, if you don't take care you'll be like, oh, my sweet wife, my darling wife, say I should bring the broom. All right, sweetie, I bring in the broom. Okay, broom, there we go. So instead of thinking about the church, thinking about your message, you said, my honey. When I said bring the broom, I didn't say bring the broom. I said, if you could sweep a little kitchen a little bit for me. Then, in the name of love, I said, you know what? Today is Sunday, man. All right, all right, all right, pumpkin, no problem. I'm going to sweep. So, my honey, my look looks something. <laughs> you missed a spot, you missed a spot. Before you realize that wo- you are mopping the floor, <laughs> you are mopping the floor, <laughs> you are pressing clothes, you are washing the awares, and it's Sunday morning. Then when you go to church, you are searching you forgotten your scriptures because you are following sweetie to sweep. <laughs> yeah. I left my house. Two days ago, I've not slept in my house. Me one she. Me one sweep no place. <laughs> Me one wash no ways. I want focus. I want focus. You hear what I tell you, I want focus. After the conference, you're gonna hug up oh. us. <laughs> <laughs> I will smooch. Before the conference, rest yourself, girl. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. My mind is working. I'm tense. I'm under pressure. I'm wondering, Lord, is this what you want me to talk about? Hey, can I say these things that you want me to say? I'm tense. It's not now that you come to sit on my lap and say, can't rest yourself. Yeah. <laughs> After the conference, when all the pressure has come down. I said, Ma, come, ma, come, 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 come by me,
0: come by me, come by me, come, do come, do come, don't come, do <laughs> yeah.
1: right If you can not come, your own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? It means that one of the prerequisites of becoming a pastor is whether you can control your wife. And women are difficult to control. Go and ask Adam. Who ate the apple first? How come Adam also ate the apple? Ah. Ah. Oh, honey, you don't love me. (laughs) One small bite, you can't bite with me. <laughs> hey, go and ask Samson. Now, yeah. 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 Uncle Samson, what is the secret of the anointing? Yeah. Come, 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 Dodo. Samson, come, Dodo, come, Dodo, come, Dodo. Yeah, let me brush your hair. Come, Dodo. Yeah. in the name of love. In the name of love. If you are going to be a pastor, you should be somebody who can control people. If you have sheep, you can't control them. You lose all the sheep. You lose them. In the morning, you open the sheep and say, yeah, I go I'm going to see you tonight. Not one will come back home in the evening. For those who know about sheep, you have to take them with you. If they are going on the road, you have to clear them. And that is how the church work is. It's a lot of constant control and being in charge. So if you're a man who is just there, you know some men they are just there, you can't be a good pastor. You should be an assistant. Yeah. Yeah, no. There are some men who are not supposed to be pastors. They should rather be the assistant. Sometimes your wife is probably better than you. So let your wife preach and you be the assistant. Which is not the best, but at least it's okay. Otherwise, you have to control your wife and the church members. If you can't control your wife, the church members are looking. They are watching. You don't control your wife. They not a, He's a weak man. Why, if, if, he, if he knows better, why is he not controlling his wife and his children? Why, if, if it's good for him, if it's, if it's good, he should, he should use it. Why is he... They'll question your integrity. So I teach. That's why I said, My wife, she's not here. But I'm here. I'm here. I, I must be here. If she doesn't come, it's okay. It's your business. I'm not going to come and say, "Wait well, you there? I know she didn't I, I know you'll stand one hour in the mirror. Then you're in the vehicle. Pa, 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 pa. Honey, sweetie. papa, oh, Honey, I come in. I come in. Honey, come. He doesn't have shoes. Honey, please. I'm big shoes. Pa, 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 The bridge is closing at night. It's 8.45. Honey, man. Why are you shouting for me like that? Sunday morning. you shouting for me. Honey. Sunday morning. Tell that, that you feel bad. Like he's he's some bad man of guy. They Come to preach, you can't even preach. You have to so, so Let's pray for everybody. Let's pray for forgiveness first. Let's let's all for
0: Oh my god, we are going to talk about forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hallelujah So if you are going to be a prophet You need what a prophet needs To stand in the office of a prophet If you are going to be an evangelist You need what an evangelist needs To stand in the office of an evangelist If you are going to be a pastor A shepherd You have to also have what it takes To stand in the place of a shepherd Please let us not say that it's okay. It is not okay. Your results or your fruits will prove at the end of the day that you took up something upon you that you didn't have the grace for and you never ever thought of acquiring that grace to be successful. And so I want to take you through seven things that comes with a shepherding or pastoral gift. Seven things, seven things, seven things. So, seven ministries of appointment. Number one. Now, the image or the symbol of a shepherd is somebody with a staff who has sheep with him. Isn't it? If you go to Psalm 23, let's go to Psalm 23 quickly. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you believe God and step into the pastoral grace, your church will begin to do well. I tell you. Because you will have to be going to people's houses to look for them because you didn't see them on Sunday. You have to go to people's workplaces because when you went to the house, you couldn't find them. If you, are, if you have sheep and you can't find the sheep, do you just sit down? If you have a church and then you have 20 people and then 15 people show up on a Sunday morning, what happened to the five? You have to find out where the five are. The Bible says, who have 100 sheep? when ninety-nine come home and one is left. I said, we'll not go look for the one so one of the things about the pastoral work is to go looking for people if you don't like going looking for people you can't be a pastor when I started a church this was my this this man is my first assistant pastor he's now in Babies running the church in Babies he's my first assistant pastor I used to go I showed him Georgetown he was born and he grew up in large Vegas Hatfield Street, large. But I showed him Georgetown. You know what? Because when people come to the church, after church, when they are there for the first time, I give them forms to fill in their names and their addresses and their phone numbers. Which means that the same week, I call him here and we go sheep hunting. Once you come to the church, in the course of the week, you see my face. I'll come to your house. I will come to your house. Come see where you live. Who you live with. Which man you got. Your bank account. Your pin code. (laughs) I want to know everything, so I can lead you and pastor you well. One day he said. He told me. He said. He said, Reverend. I was Reverend. He said, We look like CID people because we are going through cracks. Going through alleyways looking for people's house. You see, two tall black men with black pants. The people think that he's a police officer. So he goes, Oh, we're looking for Akeem. He said, No, Akeem lives here. <laughs> <laughs> but the form that Akeem filled when he came to the church, he said, The lot number is uh, lot 84 Pike Street, Kitty. We've come to 84. He said, No, Akeem lives here. Because two tall black men with black pants and black shoes, they think we are police officers. We come to arrest people. And the later we say, oh no, we are passes from the church. They say, oh, Akim! Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Go, go at the back. The, the house at the back. <laughs> they only give information. They don't know who they are giving information to. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a very interesting chapter about shepherding. It's the same as John chapter eleven. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me. Can you make your church members? Can you make them to do things? Can I say something? I, I, I believe that. I, I believe it. I, I believe. You may not believe it, but I believe it. I believe that there is a lingering... Um, there is a lingering dislike and distaste for control that if you go to a place and people you are trying to be controlled or that, that people naturally rebel against it. I mean people are rebellious in nature. But I think that um for the lack of a better word somewhat the lingering effect of the slavery Somewhat, there's a lingering effect of the slavery where people around here don't like to be told to do things. That is why our churches are small because you can't bring up people without control. And it's not me who wants to control, it's the Bible that gives me the, the permission to, to put things in perspective and in place. I I, I don't have to control you. If it's not what I'm doing, I may probably not even tell you anything. I have three marriage packages in the church I pastor. I have the pastor's package, the reverend minister's package, and the bishop's package. The reason why I have three marriage packages, and even though I'm a marriage officer, I don't really just marry people just like that. I don't do that. I don't use my marriage officer's license as something that the government has given me. I, I connect, it's connected to the church for me. So I do it when it comes to the church more. I realized in my time here that Guyanese will be Guyanese. When they fix a day to get married, you can't change it. So they come to you as a marriage officer and say, we're getting married on my wife birthday, next month. And it's just two weeks away. But the Bible tells me that in the multitude of counseling, there is safety. And do not go to war without counseling. So I know the Bible, and I don't want to be a bad shepherd. So I said, Man, this marriage thing, we need to sit down and, and talk about marriage. Where's the book? Maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's a good uh, place for me to introduce it. This is the book we, we use in our church. We have to finish this book before you fix a date to get married. So if you're in a hurry, I I, I can't marry you. Because you don't hurry to get married. You hurry to get out. Ask those who are married, they'll tell you. Some people wish that their wives were dead. Yeah, and some people wish that their husbands were dead. So they they can marry somebody else. We go through this book for six months before we fix the date to marry. So, if you have time to go to through this, to this book for six months, I will do the marriage counseling. If you don't have time, I, I really fought people in the church. I thought, let me tell you, I fought people in the church over the years. I don't marry anybody who doesn't do counseling. But then I came to realize that then at a the point people just go to another pastor and then he marries them and they leave the church. So then I ask myself, why don't I just, like Moses wrote laws for the people. Jesus said in the beginning, it wasn't so. But because of your hardened heart, that's why Moses wrote, gave you the permission to divorce. So let me be like Moses. Those who give me two weeks notice to marry, I wouldn't want to be part of it. So that it doesn't become like, I am the one who supervises something bad when I know that that's not the way. So if the people want it, no problem, I can give it to them. But I will let a reverend minister in my church do the officiating. It's just like going to the shop to buy a Chinese product or an American product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, It's what you, you can afford. But if you can afford the expensive one, the durable one, then you spend money on it. So I have three packages. If you don't have the time to sit down with me one hour, two hours, three hours on a weekly basis for six months, then I'll ask one of my pastors to, to do the officiating for you. Marion, go your way. If you have problems, don't call me. I didn't put you together. Call the Reverend Minister. <laughs> Let him pray for you. Because I know that Chinese church members, they, they just surprise you. They just surprise you. They go and they talk with their child father about something. The child father doesn't respect anybody, doesn't have regard for anybody. So child father said, we're getting married next week. And they come to you, the pastor, to tell you what you should do when they don't understand your job. So I said, okay, fine. You can marry, but I have one of my pastors who look like he, he get time. So let you do the marriage. One day I waited for a couple for one and a half hours. That is when apostle, that's when God gave me this revelation. Never marry any and anybody. You have pastors around. You are supposed to be responsible in equipping them. Equip them to the blessed marriages, that don't want to take things my way. And you, the head, be the example setter what you are involved must be, what must be done. I said, thank you, Lord. And I instituted it. So if you don't have time to do this with me for six months, no problem. Um, I have a Reverend minister here. Yes. And, and he will charge you 10,000. Cost attached. Cost attached. Cost attached. With me it's free. Oh. With him is 10,000. Then if you can't deal with him, then there's a pastor here. It's also 15,000 for him. He can do it for you. But if you want me, it's free by six months through this book. Do what you want. Do what you want. Do what you want. Choose. Everybody has a choice. Hallelujah. This book is available. I will recommend it to you to use it in your church. When people are getting married, please. Don't hurry them through marriage. It's difficult to marry one another. People are different. People are different. Prepare people adequately before you lay your hands on them and join them together. It will be irresponsible for you to not offer people counseling and use your marriage officer's license to just bind people together like you are not a man or woman of God. Let the pastoral work be something of integrity. If they want marriage quick, they should go to the post office and get married. As long as you are concerned, the Spirit of God should not allow you to just do things anyhow. One day God will ask you. You stand before Him, He will question you about it. The people will like it when you decide to do that. And so what? When you stand before God, it's not them God is going to ask. It's you God is going to ask. Because it is you he called. It is you he put over the people. You are the one who is responsible. So don't let the people make you uh, uh, give them things that you are not supposed to give them. When Moses went to the mountain to wait upon the Lord, the people convinced Aaron to give them a golden calf. Don't be, don't fall under the pressure of people in the church. If they can't take what God is telling you to do, let them find another church to go. Is it working? The Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leaded me in a path of righteousness. We go through this psalm. You see how the shepherd is continuously leading and in control of the people following him. And people are following him. And sheep are following him. He says that what he will serve my soul. He leaded me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Listen, thy rod and thy staff. Do you think that the rod and the staff is just a decoration for the shepherd? That the shepherd doesn't have anything to do. So, as he's with the sheep, he just takes something. He's just a, oh, just uh, just something just to play with. Let's have their symbol. Doctors have their symbol. The symbol of the shepherd is this rod and the staff. And it has relevance. It has meaning. It means something. It means something. The shepherd doesn't just go around with a rod and a staff just for the fun of it. In Revelation chapter 19 verse 15 The first out of the seven is what I call the ruling ministry. The ruling ministry. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule with a rod of iron. Ruling comes with a rod. A shepherd is a ruler. A shepherd is a ruler. If you are going to lead a church, you must be able to rule the church. Not to be ruled. You rule and not to be ruled. You see, I like the vice president for one thing. He's very strong. (laughs) Whether you like him or not. He's a strong man. And here it is a signature on the new $2,000 note. Why not a governor of the Bank of Guyana? The man is a strong man. <laughs> you will like him or not. But if you look at some of his tactics and strategies, you see that the guy is using his head. I don't know what the last time a vice president signs on, a, on a, 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 a denomination, a note a currency when there's a bank, of, a bank of Guyana governor because he wants to and nobody can tell him he can't <laughs> he's the boss it's because he couldn't go a third term, that's why he nominated Ali President Ali who he can, who he can run that's why he didn't choose Rui. he didn't choose Anthony even Charles Ramsey Jr., they didn't give him they didn't give him the natural resources minister, they put him to sports. He went to abroad to do masters in oil and gas. They said, buy yourself. Your oil and gas degree doesn't qualify you to it's I say sports. Use a youth man, sports. <laughs> go play basketball. Yeah, go on youth sports. The guy has masters, he's the most qualified person to be the natural resources manager, uh, Administer. minister. But I'm sure they realize that this guy, if you give him too much space, he'll be disrespectful. <laughs> so Putin is a huge man, so let him be youth and sports. It's only a strong leader who can do that. And I'm sure, as Ramsey, he's happy with the minister, so he'll be quiet and sit down there. <laughs> you either take it or you just become a party member. A pastor is somebody who rules. And that's why I quoted that the Bible says that you have to rule your own house before you can rule the church of God, before you can become a pastor. You have to be a ruler. And rulers are not jokers. Rulers are not weak people. Rulers are strong. If you are going to be a pastor, you have to be stronger. Now, I, I, I can't be preaching and then people are walking around. No way. No, 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 no. I, I'll call you to sit down. That's why in our church, we don't serve water. I know many, most of your churches, you serve water, which is fine. That's you. We don't serve water here. This is not Guyana Water Company. We don't serve water here. You can't sit down for how many minutes without drinking water? Are you not an adult? Can you not control your feelings and your edges? We should pay for the water. The church should pay for the water and give to you. No, bring your water, put it in your car. Break time, you go and drink your water. It sounds somewhere that is ruling. When you rule? there's no confusion. That is why when Satan tried to bring himself, he was cast out of heaven because there was the chiefest ruler around. The chiefest ruler was around. He said, You no no no, no. not here anymore. Go out, not the confusion, not here. But you see some of our churches, you see people moving around, doing their own things, confusion, this, that, that, and you are there. You are there. So, you know, churchmen drink it. People come to church and they drink Cokes. They're plurring their bath. As you're preaching, they open the bath and they, up, plurring. it. As you're preaching, their your mind is on the food. Chewing, chew, broctit, you' Chewing, chew, chew, chew. You yeah, are preaching, you see, people chewing gum. And then they go. In the church! You are not a ruler, that's why it's like that. Yeah. If there's a ruler, say, hey, sweetie, the one with the chewing gum, please, throw it out. Uh, you say, hey, what's that? What kind of pastor is that? me won't go to the church no more. Go Less confusion. Yeah. You see, the girls will come to the church, come on stage, tight dress. And then you are the pastor. You know the thing, the dress is tight. You know the girl bumsy bake big. You're just sitting there like a man of God. you say you a fancy man of God. The girl should slay people. she come with a big Banzi and come on the stage. And the dress gets shot. And she's singing. I wake is from here to the back. She has nails that touches the ground. And she's leading worship and sing it in your presence you will never stand on the stage ever again after that day if you are in my church until you learn how to dress properly I say it some people will say it they will probably leave some ladies to say it. but I say it my wife is not a pastor I am the pastor I tell my church members I say a woman who dresses and her panties draw in her dress is a bush woman You dress? You didn't look at yourself in the mirror? You didn't do so? And you come to the church of God, you're dressed tight, your pants tight, and you you your panty you bought from China Trading, three or is showing in your pants. Hey, hey, not here. No, 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 don't bring us here. Not in the presence of God. Yeah, not in the presence of God. They are sales, they are sales. Uh, sales of China Trading. <laughs> 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 uh, blow I see you know, if you don't rule you see a lot of confusion in the house. Yeah. Yeah. The guys will come, pants dropping down. In the church, I beg you. You see the schools we have here in the country? Lawlessness. Lawless. the HMs don't have power the head teachers don't teachers don't even have power in their own classroom isn't that sad who do you think it's, it's our children who are being spoiled our children are they are missing out of good training I told my son you should never come home and complain about the teacher the teacher is always right story done you think the teacher is a mad woman you must have done something. That is why the teacher is saying that this, 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 this. You can't say the teacher is wrong. As far as I'm concerned, the teacher is right all the time. That's how I train my children. He came one day, eh, this miss, this miss. I said, which miss? I come into the school. I went to the school. Miss said, Oh no, it's not true. From her." I said, Miss, thank you very much. I just wanted to know. I went to her, and said, why? From this day forward, we shall be one. <laughs> Never come here and tell me that some teacher did this. The teacher is there, authorized to lead you when we have gone to work and all of that. If I lose the interest of the teacher over you, I have to stop my work and take care of you during the day. I have to empower the teacher to watch over you for me once i go and make money and come and take care of you and many parents are not like that your child comes to tell a teacher you go you going you 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 going you going, going to fight you go you going to the school for fight you're a mad woman you're going to the school to go and fight <laughs> Why touch me child Why touch me child why don't you take your child out of the school and, and find a school right there in your house do the school in your house who is the teacher And you didn't even go to school far. You didn't even go to secondary school. Ruling is no more in our society. And that thing is in the church where church members or the church is not ruled. They come the time they want to come. They leave when they want to leave. When you're preaching, they walk out. If I preach, you walk out, don't come back into the church. That is what I will say. If you don't respect me, don't respect God, never come here. A father cannot speak to his child and the child walks out. That's the end of my fatherhood over your life. And so in the church, in in my church, I don't entertain people walking out when I'm preaching. If you walk out, don't come back. One less confusion, man of God. You come to the church to be raised, not to come and bring confusion. The first of the of the things that the qualities a pastor needs is to rule. I said nobody should sell anything in the church. Remember when Jesus went to the church to beat people who were selling? Selling in the church is bring problems. Oh, give me the shoe. I'm gonna pay next week. Next week they don't come to church. <laughs> because they did not get the money for pay. So they got because they don't want to come and then you say where the money there. So now the church members now have taken control of the church and because of their business with each other they are staying away from the church. So I said no business in the church. Yeah. Okay? I tell my wife no business because even when my wife is doing business people think that it's me that money coming to me one no story me one no story at all so if my wife wants to sell she should go to border market get a star and sell right there not in the church oh but honey you know we making a little something to help I don't need a little little something in the church if I need money in the church i say bring offering even the offering is not for me If you don't take it, sometimes pastors, our wives want to sell polori during after church. Polori and chana. (laughs) And sour. (laughs) (laughs) And that is what she's using to help in the house. So, what you're actually doing is that the church members know that you are making money, you take your story home. I said, hmm? Pastor wife selling, selling chana? Chana
0: <laughs> 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 pastor wife can't
1: cook? You see, you see, you see what you have now given the church members? Glory <laughs> <Polarisality>. Saudi. <laughs> So you have to rise up as a pastor and say, you know what? Ruler. When you say, the winds and the waves must be still, it must be still. There shouldn't be any challenger to your rulership in the church, including your wife. Somebody showed me something. I don't know whether it's true. He says that any man of God whose wife controls him... You should look at them when you take a picture together. The man is sitting and the woman is standing. It's a sign. It's like, I am the one over him. I am the Lord. I am his Lord. Yeah. Somebody told me that. He said, look at, look at their pictures. The woman always has a setting. Imposing and dom- dominating position. Yeah. No, if, if. Yeah, wife, you are my wife, you are sitting there, I must stand. I must have my enemies under my feet. <laughs> under my feet. <laughs> no, no, I'm sitting there and she's on me. No, 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 no. Like I'm the horse and she's the rider. A pastor needs a ruling gift. Otherwise you can't take people from one point to the other. Are there difficult things to hear? It's not me. It's the Bible. Thy rod is the rod that the shepherd uses to bring the sheep in line. If they are going, of course, he said, Hi, hi, bring them in Otherwise, your ministry can never be amplified. Your church members will walk over you. I tell you. One of the things that my pastor taught me early was not to live in the church. Because your home will be like the church. When people come to the church, they come for, for, for water. you ain't got no juice people come to your washroom your toilet to to, to do number two and leaving all kinds of aroma in the house yeah so we're taught you know what never live on the church compound I mean I always think about it we have so much land I said why don't I just build some you know two three bedroom apartment at the back and just be there oh Lord God Almighty the people will find you they will find you Dove, pass it over. Inside, bishop, bishop. It's charity. bishop, it's shawty. Bishop. Bishop, bishop, it's very important. It's very urgent. Bishop. I know you there inside, bishop, bishop. So sometimes it's good that the church members don't even know your house. So they don't take you for granted. Because one of the things about leadership and about shepherding is familiarity. You don't want to allow people to just take you anyhow. You can't rule them if you give them the opportunity. Number two. Is it break time already? Are you hungry? I'm not hungry. Are you hungry? I here, okay. Is lunch ready? At the lunch we Lunch ready? Shona, yes, Lunch ready? You have to check. Okay. Don't check. <laughs> <laughs> we go on lunch break just now. I can't do the seven before lunch, so just a point or two and then we go for lunch. It's one hour lunch break. Um, the border is closed. You need a visa to go uh, out of the country. (laughs) We have the second session, and then we'll break for the evening session. We have some men of God who share some wonderful things with us also. I'm not excited about that. Yeah. Number two is the way-making ministry. The way-making ministry. Exodus chapter 14, verse 15 and 16. The way-making ministry. So remember, if you're going to be a pastor, if you're going to be a poor man, you're going to lead a church, if you are going to be entrusted with the care of people, you have to learn how to control people. To rule. People don't like the word control. But to rule means to put things under control. Bring things under control. The second is the way-making ministry. As a pastor, you need to make way... For your people and for your church members. Exodus chapter 14, 19, did I say? Exodus chapter 14, 15, and 16. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Why are you crying to me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Speak to them to go forward. Are you not the leader? Tell them to go forward. But lift thou up thy rod. And stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So here you have a situation where the shepherd of the church, the pastor of the church, Moses, who was leading the people from Egypt to Canaan, as he left Egypt, they encountered the Red Sea and there there was a problem because where do you go? Pharaoh and his his army they are coming coming to take Moses and the people back to Egypt because they have have now realized that no slaves anymore we have to now do our own things and we don't like that we're used to Israelites serving us so let's go and bring them back to come and be our slaves and so here they were coming their chariots, their horses Marching, very angry, determined to come and arrest them and take them back, and in front of the Israelites was the Red Sea, and the people started crying. And God said, are "You Moses, why are you entertaining the cry? Make sure that the Red Sea parts into two and take them through it." In other words, what God was saying, what God was saying to the um, to Moses the pastor was that he should make a way for the people to make a way for the people is to assist church members in several areas of their lives including marriage a pastor can see a lady in a church and can see a guy in a church and he should be able to say take that woman to be your wife she's a nice woman you can't have people in your church. Yes, you're looking for a husband wife. And there are possible people they can marry. And then you're just there watching them and say, pray to God. What did God tell Moses? When they were crying to God, God said, you Moses, don't you know what to do? Stretch out your hand and make, make way for the people to go. It's like Moses had a certain power to make a way for the people. And he even didn't know. Remember the law that God um, did miracles with. It became a snake and it turned back into a rod. when God called Moses out of the burning bush so God already had given him something to use God has already given you the grace as a shepherd to make way for your people sometimes you have to help them to find a job you can't have people unemployed in your church and then you are saying let's pray to God for a breakthrough when you know somebody in the church who has a construction company who is looking for laborers there are things you don't pray about you just make it happen is that everything you pray? Somebody needs money, and there's somebody in the church who has money. Just direct the person, give the person an offering. Give them another ten thousand. They're broke. They, they need money to pay their life. bill. Give them money. You should make way for the church members. Yes, make way for them to marry, because most people don't know who they should choose. It's true. If l- let me tell you. The guy, many people have come to me over the years suggesting that, oh, that lady is somebody they are interested in. And the, the choice has always surprised me. Because from where I sit, I know what they don't know. And I'm always surprised that you, of all the people that they, you would choose such a person. Sometimes I say, no, 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 not she. She's disrespectful, not she. a church member who disrespects me if a guy come to see me and say they want to marry her, I would say no, don't marry her because me as the, the bishop of the church she doesn't respect me, how much more you the cockroach, No, you they spray you with bacon they'll spray you with bacon <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean for the lack of, you know yeah, he'll stop on you and match you like that the girl comes to the church doesn't respect the bishop and you like dogla girls and she's dogla and you want she? I beg you, it's not by dogla. At all. I've had that. People, somebody came to me the other <laughs> day and said, Well, Bishop, what do you think about this lady? I said, No, 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 uh, you, you, you are my church member. I love you. I don't want to give you trouble, and I know that what you are looking at is trouble. I can't look at you and watch you and let you go and put a ring on trouble like that. It's suicide. <laughs> yeah. There's some of the What do you think? This, this brother says he likes me. I said, number one, why is he telling you and not me? You don't go into somebody's yard and pick their mango without asking them permission. God has given the people to me to watch over them. And you have seen somebody in the church that you like without telling me, you, you get bad eye. No, you have to come and talk about it. And let me educate you. Let me show you this. I said, no, not that one. Like Jacob. You see, when Jacob worked in his uncle Laban's house for seven years, then. He said he liked Rachel instead of the older one, Leah. And then the uncle, he didn't say anything. Is like, i going to teach you a lesson. You think you use Jacob, Jacob. You know, people call you Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. So you can just come and make choices here in the house. You don't make choices in my house. I give you what I want to give you. He didn't tell the guy anything. The guy worked for seven years. And the day the wedding came. I don't know how Laban did it. How he could... Tie up Rachel in a room somewhere, and then in the night, I don't know why they also consummate the marriage in the night. You see, that's that's it's a plan, right? Because that's why your wedding shouldn't go late in the night, so you can easily have another woman done. What you 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 for? So in the night, Jacob uh, you know was tipsy. He went to lie in the room. The woman was on the bed waiting for him. He enjoyed himself, and those days they didn't have GPL. In the morning, lo and behold, it was Leah instead of Rachel. When Jacob went to his uncle, angry said, ah, you have cheated me in anger, I've cheated you? You don't, you're disrespectful. Here, there are rules here, there are things we work with here. <laughs> the older doesn't, the younger doesn't go before the older. You try there. You want the older, you want the younger one, work another seven years for her. She for first in, First out. The guy was controlling his house. He said, if you are coming today young and succulent and juicy, what am I going to do with the old one? <laughs> you like nice young ones, so well, I should take the old one and keep her here in the house for what? Yeah. So he had a good policy in his house that if the old one doesn't go first, the younger one is not going. So if you like, I gonna give you the two. This one a double, double. <laughs> double blessing. <laughs> and Jacob, he didn't mind. He worked for 40 years for two women. Yeah. And you see, God, the Old Testament, God was very interesting, you know. And then Rachel couldn't have children, but Leah was like a, like a pig. One time that she dropping, one time she dropping, dropping, yeah. face, Reuben, Simeon, Levi. That Rachel was there, jealous and envious the one who was preferred she couldn't make children God is a wonderful God so Jacob made way for his big daughter eldest daughter to get married albeit the man married two of them it was still okay because as a shepherd of his own house he couldn't allow the old one to be depressed Say, look at me little sister look how she's shining look how she's blushing look how she's doing the doing that, doing that. look at me I look at some old geezer sitting down in this house here Jacob did not want. Laban didn't want that problem yeah so he tricked Jacob and pushed the first time. and because of the law once you go into the, the woman you have to marry her because this is not guinea pig. you taste it. you taste him as boy. You must buy. you take, okay how much a hundred, okay you pay then you go you can't taste it and say, me like it. No, no, here we don't taste it. I say, me like You taste, you buy. <laughs> it was all traditions and cultures to take care of people and to help them in life. So you should make way for your church members. Yeah, make way for them. Make way for them to marry. Make way for them to do well in life. Let them get a job. Sometimes you should, you should help them make friends in the church. So you know what, this person is a better friend. Don't know. Is it this church, I'm the pastor. Uh, not everybody who comes here is a good person. Not so? Pastors, is that not so? Yeah, we know. Uh, people come to the church, but it's not everybody who's a good person. So sometimes when you want to guide somebody who is closer to you, you say, you know what, can I give you an advice? And then, uh, that group there, leave that group. Join this group. Eh? Yeah, this, this group will help you better. Because them girls, it's only fashion. They don't dress up, they dress up. Them. This group, they like praying. Even check down the praying, the fasting, and that, that's the better group. So make way for your church members to um, do well in life, don't just leave everything to. Oh, let you pray, let you pray, let you pray. Do that. Number three. You know, sometimes you have to make way for them to come to church. You have to pay for them passage. Yeah, sometimes you gotta get them a car, you know, something to a passage to come to church. You know, sometimes church members also they can get very Spoiled. We give them passage every day, they won't come get passage. <laughs> but the some sometimes they, they, they have need of it, and you, you know, it's very important for, as a shepherd to use your word to make a way through the wilderness for them. The next one, and I'm closing with that, is the territory taking ministry. The territory taking ministry ministry. Your rod is used to take territories. And when a sheep wants to go somewhere and you see that there's grass there, you don't prevent them from going. You use your rod and you make a way. The bushes, you clear the bushes. You, you, you know, the, the rods can, can chop bushes. <laughs> clear, make a path. You make a path, make a path, make a path, make a path with a rod like that. Make a path, stuff. Rod like that, and then the sheep will follow you through the path you make because the grass over there seems and it looks much richer. You get it? It's a way making and territory taking. If you want to go to another territory to, to, to possess there, you need your rod to do that. And every pastor must be able to take territories. It's where your church is, you should be the man of God there. Every demon in the area should be afraid of you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should, they should know you that you are the man of God of the hour in that area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There can be no demon in Elmore should not, not notice Apostle John. If you're a demon in Elmore, you should know them. You should know that he's there. <laughs> when you're doing your foolishness, you know who, who not, to, not, to, not to touch. You can go anywhere, but not that place, not that area. I pastored in Georgetown from 2007 to 2020, 13 years. We have been, I was in East La Penitence pastoring for 13 years in the scheme. Most of my pastors are from there, scheme pastors. <laughs> That's them right there. Now, the East Penitence Police Station, they know my church. They know the name Lighthouse. When you say Lighthouse, I say, oh! Because there was a lady living behind the church. That is why when we decided to build a national base, I came this far. Because I couldn't get the size of land I, I wanted in town. And I also don't want people around to be calling me names like that. Where we are in Isla Penitence, there's a woman behind the church building. Every Friday night when we are praying, she'll call police. Every Friday. The police, they know me. When oh, the a light-out chapel, you know, the church, that makes noise. One day, the Ministry of Home Affairs put the name of our church in the newspaper as a noise-nuisance church. Noise-making church. I felt very nice. I said, hey, that's free, free promotion. I don't have to pay for it. Ministry of Home Affairs have paid for it. Tax-free. Now, because of the police and all of that, we got a name there, but nobody could, nobody could move us from there. The woman at the back, she's still there. And we are still there up to today. They have tried everything they could. One day, the police came to the church with guns because somebody called and said there's some club or there's some disco and the people are fighting and they are breaking bottles or something. So the police came there with guns only to realize that it's a church. I have had my fair share of police. One day, they came. I was in a church and they said that order from breakdown I should be taken to the East La Police Station. I said, Nami. Nami. You should come and see. Police cars in front of the church. They're all standing at the gate. They say I should come to uh, 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 East Lapanes. I said, no, no, no. I can't come. They say it's from the dam. I said, come come from Stone Dam, not break, Stone Dam. I didn't go. I didn't go. So when we bought this land and we came here, I said, praise the Lord, hallelujah. The trees can't complain. But just a couple of months ago, because what we do in our church is that we pray all night. Every Friday we pray from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., 4 a.m. We speak in tongues like mad people. We don't have to interpret it because we are talking to God. 10 p.m. If you're a pastor you don't do that, I'll fire you. I'll dismiss you. I'm a ruler. We come here. Ten, you see this bush here? In the 90 the places, is dark. Hole. They'll be here. And then, you see how cold the place is? Ooh, you can't see my pastors like there in winter time in America. <laughs> and we are here. Praying in tongues. 10 p.m. 3 a.m. And I'm the one leading. Moving moving around. praying. Lord, pray. Bless us. Lord, bless your church. Like that. We pray. I was here when I got a call that Environmental Protection Agency has come here, that they receive a report of noise making and they are coming to do investigation. I said, what did you say? They said that people have come from Prashad Nagar to come and investigate a report on noise making here in canal number two Polda South section. I said, the demons in Georgetown, they want to follow me too. (laughs) they should drown in the Damaraya River. Drown right there. (laughs) So I told the the guys, I said, what do they want to do? They said they want to come around. I said, okay, let them them allow them, because the gate is closed. If you don't have permission, you can't come inside no matter who you are. So we allowed them to come in, came around. That time the church was not even, it had some two or three speakers or so. They came around, they look around, they look at the guys who were working the guys look at them. They said, what's your business? They you are coming to investigate noise making. The guys look at them and they look outside the trees like that. And then the lady who was the leader said, yes, I know. Yes, I know. They went around, asked some neighbors. And then I called them. I said, I wanted to speak to the lady. I said, so who made the report and what? what are you? He said, they are going to write their report and then they will send me a copy. I said, no problem. I was here when I got a registered letter from the Post Girl. When I opened it, it's from the Environmental Protection Agency with a copy to the Canal Number no. 2 Polder NDC chairman and um, um, Inspector Errol Watts of Leonora Police Station. I think Division C or something like that. Had. I read it. It said noise something, something, something and the article something, something says that you shouldn't, the source of the noise should not be uh, less than 50 feet from the people, he, he, they are the seven. It's 50 feet. So I said, These people that pass me, this demon is a letter demon. I'll write a letter to kill this demon. I said, Look at where we are at. If you are in front, you will not hear anything from here. Who said that we are disturbing? It's a demon. So I wrote a letter and I said, I'll play, I'll play I, I, I want smart this man I said, Mr. Chairman of EPA, number one, you are racial <laughs> I don't mean, I don't, I don't feel anything for race it's your problem, but I said if you are the head of EPA and you are Indian, if the NDC chairman is Indian, and if the people here are Indians, and then we are making noise and nobody ever came to say oh man, pastor, you know, must. Nobody, we, we don't even know that we are making noise. And then you come to do investigation, then I don't like to play race, but I want to use that against you because you, you play, you behaving stupid. I'll use the race card. I said, Mr. Mr uh, uh, chairman of whatever EPA, uh, Mr. Indian man, you are racial. Yeah? Because uh, I, as a black man, I, people come to me churches, black people, you're discriminating. Tell me if I don't have a a point in that. We have to take the territory. How can I come at the back here? People even are surprised that we brought the church to the back. The taxi drivers at Stanley Town, they say, somebody said they will never come to this church because number one, they don't know why the church is far at the back. Number two, why at the back and then the church is still on the land at the back. Something wrong. Back. To back number two, so then coming to the church, something ain't right. But the reason why we are here is that there's a plan to develop the front. The land is so, the land is so long, it's a thousand seven hundred feet long. So, if I put the building in front, what happened to the back? It's bush. Where do we park our cars? Where do we do a further development? So, at least the back we can keep it for future development. But the front is for car park and then a children's church, canteen, bookshop, a few apartments in front. That's why we had a back. And I don't want anybody, the demons from Georgetown, to have anything against me here. Because this territory is for me. The house in front was a Chinese woman who used to live there. They, they murdered her in the house. So this was like a an abandoned place, a place where people... You know, like a haunted place. I like haunted places. Yeah, I'm telling you, I like haunted places. Because as a pastor, I have the power to take territories. I have power to take territories. I have the grace to take territories. That's why I was not afraid to leave the church in Georgetown and come here and start a new church. This is a new church. I brought only a few people to come and help me. The rest are in Georgetown, minding their business. Ask any of the pastors who have passed in Georgetown whether they would like to move from Georgetown to a village like here. It's because it's not by name, it's by the grace upon your life. And you see that it 's a miracle. you have also been come here to tell me that uh, in fact, I have something also. in fact, you are person, you are the seal of my apostleship. You are confirming what God has given to me. If I never believe it, I believe it now. and ladies and gentlemen, what is happening here is historic. Never in the history of this village has anything like this ever happened. Those people here are oh, most of them are Hindus. There Are no churches here? Presbyterian Church and Christ Ambassadors is small, small churches. They are close up, something like this. You don't put this thing in, in Canada, but you put it in Georgetown. So you walk out, you walk around with the rings and goatees. I said, Man of God, and I have these boys carrying my briefcase. One is carrying my briefcase, one is carrying my car keys, one is carrying my iPad. And I said, Come here, go, Come, we go, Come, we go. So, Man of God, gold teeth, rings, I come in, I throw in my hands like that. Because in church I, I, I have a big thing. But I'm here quite nobody knows me, which is nice. I even I like it when nobody knows me. But I attend a conference with people who have known my face on Facebook. Prior. I don't know how to hide my face anymore. I should wear a mask here and a mask up here too. But a pastor takes territories. And what I said, think about it. How many pastors do you know in Georgetown ministering who have left their church in Georgetown and have gone outside? We always send people out. We don't move ourselves. We always like the good place and send people to go and try the new place. I moved to the new place after being a pastor there from 2007 to 2020. 13 years. It was there, I was consecrated as a bishop. That was actually my seat of government. And I came here, Push. It's millions of dollars to construct the road. You see how it's raining and we're struggling. You couldn't drive here. You see the images. Bobcat had to dig four feet deep from the road all the way. We had to sand and put loom on it. It's millions of dollars to even be able to bring the structure here. And the road alone, I mean, you may say the road is not good, but I'm a, I'm a minister of uh, public work, so we'll fix it, don't worry. <laughs> you give us tax. If I ask you to come, you should have collected toll at the gate to fix the road. If you don't get into these things, you don't even know what is in you. You don't know what you can do. If you stay in that your small place, in your small area, if there's 20 people, 50 people, you limit what God can do through you, my brother. You limit it. I like challenges. And I like adventures, action movies. Yeah, and that's what. We do. So we have come. We've taken this territory. When you get to the Stanley Town Junction, you say you are going to the church at the back. Everybody knows where to bring you. You don't have to. You don't have to know the name of the church. So I go into the church at the back. They'll pass every church and bring you right here. It tells you that something has been deposited here. People saw us, they said, hey, is it a factory? I said, no, no, it's a church. When they still came and we were bringing, people thought well, it was a factory. Some Chinese people come to make factory here. It's only Chinese people who do nice things. Hey, church is doing nice things too. Yeah. yeah, I'm proud that we are doing what we are doing. It's a territory taking. Black people black people don't come here. With all due respect to my other people, black people don't come here. In the olden days, they said you used to kill black people at the back here. So the black people who live in front, is when you cross the Beres Bridge going, that's how you, you see black people. After the Beres Bridge, you hardly see black person. We are the only black people here. <laughs> in a place where, you see Hindu temples, mosque, and God has brought a check. This is territory taking. Territory taking. The Lord is working. Exodus 17, and we'll close. Exodus 17, verse 9. <laughs> yeah? So don't let the devil don't let anything restrict you to where you are at. Move into territories. We planted a church in Suriname. My Suriname Pastor is here. We planted a church in Lethem. That's my Suriname Pastor right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an American guy. Yeah, he's in Suriname. He has a church. We've gone to Suriname. Yeah, yeah, territory. Sit down. We are in Lethem. What are the man? Lethem guy. That's my Lethem pastor. He came from Lethem. That's the two assistant pastors. They are, all, they are from. I sent them to seminary in Ghana, Bible Seminary.org. Three years they came back. They're in Lethem territory. And their story and the church in Lethem. The story is very interesting. I sent somebody there to go and get a place, go and rent a place, so that they can start a church. I gave him three days. I said, "Go three days. I'm paying for a hotel bill. Three days. I'm giving you transportation in and out. I'm giving you money for food. If you don't find a place to rent for three days, come back." So as he left, the clock was ticking. Tick, tick, tick. Seven so to two hours. He didn't find anything. I said, "Come back." And he came back. I was having a convention, a revival meeting here. Right, walking back and forth here, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, "Go yourself." All right. So I had to adjust myself. Three weeks later, I managed to leave. It took me 20 hours to get to Letham. 20 hours. The bus I was in, the guy was a JJC. Johnny just come. He was a new driver on the road. So we went, there was a, a part of the road that had water. And he went straight in the middle. and the nose of the bus went down like that, and the back tires were up. Come and see hollering in the bus, and I was at the back, and we had to get out of the bus, take off our shoes, roll our pants, and step into red muddy water at midnight. Yeah, the people they have things though. That's the bus. If it's your bus, please don't see us. Okay. Yeah. We came out. This was midnight on a dark road on a trail to let to um Kurupukari. We're there for about one hour. We were trying to push him, it wasn't working. Every bus will pass us. They get there, they look at him, and I think they insult so and say, You stupid, and then they go. I, I, I said, What? How can the bus driver just pass us like that? They are very wicked because the guy was new. And I think, you know, as a bus driver, you should know did you get a left or right? No, 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 no. They're Finally, after about an hour, a pickup, I don't know is it's or something, they were patrolling, they came. When they asked him for a rope, the driver and got a rope. So they also went. And then somebody said, Driver all along with you. You got nothing at all. They said, eh, I got they said, "Well, you yo, 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 yo. They came back. put a fine rope. When they moved, the the car (laughs) robust. God be so good. And next bus came. He had a rope and he gave it to us. About two hours to let him, I heard a trailer was carrying an excavator. He went on the bridge and the whole bridge and and the trailer and the excavator went down into the river. So when we got to that bridge, for three days, people were sleeping at the river. They couldn't cross. When we got there, it took another seven hours before the contractor's money to put some wood there for people to go on. Come see. As the wood is going on, people are driving. People are driving. As the wood is going on, people are driving. They've been there for three days. And I got to let them. After 20-something hours, I went to my hotel. The next morning, I woke up. I said, let me just wait upon the Lord a little bit before I step out. So I started praying in the morning. Around 10 o'clock, I ended my prayer. And then I went out. The first person I met showed me a place. When I went, it was, it was vacant. I paid for it on the day. I booked into the hotel for five days. I got a place for, to rent just the same day. The rest, I was chilling in the hotel room. <laughs> then I asked those guys, I've got a place for you. You can go now. That's how... We're able to start our church in Letham. God said, Go yourself. It's like you, the shepherd, take your rod and go and take the territory and then let the sheep come in, make a way and let them come inside. I started our church in London in New, New Silver City Secondary School in Wisma. I started in 2009, January. I finished preaching in Georgetown in the morning. I drive. Wisma and start the service. At, that's my Wisma pastor right there. Nice woman, powerful woman of God. She's killed demons like that. She killed demons, I tell you. That's Sister Ava right there, the church in London. 2009 January, I started a church. For six months, I pastored two churches. I preach in Georgetown in the morning. I drive straight to London, preach and come back and do evangelistic service in the evening in Georgetown. Thursday, I go and do a uh, 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 prayer meeting. Saturday, I go and do visitation. Three days in a week for six months, I was going to London. Encyclical church. That mouth. I went there with a group. We started a church. I have done territory taking. Because sometimes the person you send, they don't have power. The demons are powerful than him. <laughs> it's true. You, the head, your power, as much as the go you are covering, they don't know the tricks. You are, you are the one who has the cover. Sometimes you have to take the lead. Go and take the territory. And most territories are taken by prayer. By prayer. Yeah. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with a rod. You see the rod again? Thy rod and thy staff. The rod. Of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him. And fought Amalek. He fought a new enemy. He fought to go to advance. The Bible says Moses and Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand with a rod. He was taking territory. That Israel prevailed. And when he had let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So this, this even explains what I just explained. Even the Joshua, they were the ones fighting. Moses' hand lifted was the determining factor. If you are going to be a shepherd, you need to take territories. And that's why I'm explaining that. I have come here as a 21st century founder of a denomination. So just as the full gospel uh, missionaries came and started the full gospel fellowship, the Assemblies of God came, the Wesleyan came, the Moravian church came, Elim Pentecostal, all these ministries came and started. That is what God has brought me to start also. So you are seeing somebody that in the future you are probably going to make history. I don't know if my followers follow the principles and things well. It takes a certain power and grace to take territories. Stand to your feet please.
0: We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins please call us on 592- Two two five six seven six zero, or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org God richly bless you.